This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 167 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a Horus Heresy Wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Going to say what's going on, Derek? How's it going, everybody? And we have a community voted episode for you guys today. You wanted it. We got it. Yeah. So uh, we kicked up a, a message to the Discord. We said, "Hey, everybody." If there was a unit that you wanted us to talk about, what would that unit be? A, and, B, C, or D. And we get we gave a few options. Uh, let me go ahead and check here. Definitely a tech marine was up there. A lot of people curious about the tech marine. A lot of people. I think that was a second second place. Then we had apothecary, assault squad, the saber, the land raider, or the storm eagle. Hmm. Just because uh, those are a little bit more esoteric units, right? Those aren't not yeah. everybody's using those guys. I'm a fan, and so uh, with that in mind, assault marines won. Yeah, it was real close, but we got assault marines. So this is the assault marines episode. Now, now we're not experts per se in the in the assault marine zone, or but we've had some time with them. Both of us have experienced some time with assault marines. How to load them out. What are some of the better consoles to use with them? Some do's, some don'ts. What are the uh, best legions to run with them? Um, some of the war gear that at first seems really, really exotic and nice and like must have, but just kind of in the end is uh, kind of lackluster. Uh, some abilities you might not know they have. There's all sorts of stuff that we're going to be talking about this episode, but primarily it's just going to be a, a way to teach you, the listener... It's going to jumpstart you into your assault marines. Yeah. So if you've been thinking about them or you just don't know about them and you might see them on the table, just kind of give you some heads up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm going to go ahead and preface this with a, this will be a two episode conversation because I know what's going to happen there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to say some stuff and it's me. I'm going to say some stuff. Well, we're going to say some stuff. And luckily for us, we have such an engaged community that we're going to get <laughs> corrections. We're going to be told about the units that we forgot about and all this other good stuff, which I love. And I think we're just setting the cornerstone of the house of this yeah. episode, but there will be more to come and that we will finish up in 168, yeah, which will so be Assault Marines Part 2, which will be the community input side of the episode yeah so the conversation is like a two-way street it's a two-way street and it really guys it's uh it's gonna be the way that we see assault marines and then what we're looking for is we're looking for the community feedback on how you see assault marines and maybe you disagree with some of the stuff that we're saying maybe you're using some weird console with them or maybe you're using weird war gear maybe 
our uh, objective uh, <laughs> uh, view of these guys, the way we've used them is completely different than the way that you've used them. Or maybe you're using them in a legion that you wouldn't expect them to be pretty good in. Um, we, we want that feedback. We want that, that conversation to 100%. keep going. So uh, definitely this is a two-parter. We're going to give you kind of the first part today. After we have some some talks, it's going to be at the end of this podcast, we're going to go over some Discord discussions, we're going to go over some hobby progress, and we're also going to just uh, uh, have a little bit of banter, but the most the majority of this episode is going to be dedicated to uh, talking the to Assault Marines. Assault Marine. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to episode 168. I, I, I mean, obviously, we're oh, going yeah. to talk about this today, but I am... Uh, I'm pretty excited to see how people tear us up. Absolutely. I always love seeing what I missed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I just get better and I'm like, yes, good. <laughs> Cause, uh, it's like they feed me like, like, oh, a, yeah. I'm a, yeah. All right. So, so that, that being said, all right, <laughs> let's get to some discord announcements. Yes. All right. As you guys have known for the past few episodes, we always talk about the Discord side of things. If you're not in the Discord, we highly recommend getting into it. Just go to warhammerdiscord.com uh, on your any browser. It'll get you right into the Discord. No problem. You're in. Bing, bang, boom. You're part of a greater community of like-minded players. There's 40K, there's Age of Sigmar, and there's Horus Heresy in there. Obviously, we're a Horus Heresy podcast. There's a lot more Horus Heresy going on in there and a lot bigger Horus Heresy conversation. We have a few things for like podcast discussion. We have podcast suggestions. We have podcast updates. We have all sorts of uh, items in there. But probably my favorite thing we have going on right now is going to be our monthly painting competition. Oh, absolutely. So this month's monthly painting competition for August is going to be centered around a character model. And so if you have a character model that you want to enter into the competition, uh, I'll be honest with you, this month is fierce. Last month we had two competitions going on at mm -hmm. the same time. This month we only have one. So there's a number of entries. Yeah, it's been popping off. So uh, just some things so you should know. It should be a primed model. We're looking for the uh, uh, the... The secret word phrase, only may angels fly. I screwed that up. It should have been only angels may fly, but I already put it in there and people started writing it down. Nothing I could do. I'm sorry. I know I'm wrong. I, I get it. Okay. I know who said that. It was Sanguinius. <laughs> he was pretty pissed off at, at a certain demon. So uh, but this month, if you have a character, if he's primed, get him up there. Get him into the competition you have until the... Uh, uh, till the end of August, which will be August 31st. And then uh, by then we'll already have the September uh, painting competition going out. Yeah. So with that, we just began August. Mm -hmm. Last time we had a podcast was the end of July. And we were mid voting for last month's two competitions. Yeah. Doubled up. And we're recording one day after voting has finished. So not even the people in the Discord know <laughs> who has won yet. So we're going to go ahead and announce that right now. I think they might know. I think they saw. I mean, it's community voted. It's pretty live voting. You can see who's, uh, who's in the lead. You can see who. That being said, powerful, powerful 
Kiz Dugs. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. He knows who he is. Powerful Kieran uh, with his, as we said in the previous episode, his insane Alpha Legionnaires, which are painted <laughs> like Imperial Fists. They are so subtle. You have no idea that they're Imperial Fists. It fooled me. It fooled us out. So congratulations, Kieran. You, uh, Raptor Imperialis, uh, you absolutely... Knocked it out it. of the park. Knocked it out of the park once again. I'm pretty sure I know who we should send your fifty dollars to. I uh, uh, probably still have them in my PayPal when you won a few few weeks back. So, <laughs> congratulations, man. Uh, they're beautiful. They fooled us. They fooled us. We thought that they were Alpha Legion as well, the or Imperial Fist as well. Had no idea they were Alpha Legion. That's how you know you're doing it right. Oh yeah. If you're curious and you want to see these guys, head to the Discord. We'll put them in the. Um, monthly painting competition museum yeah we have a museum with all the winners in there a gallery of sorts we need to start printing certificates or at least making certificates so that they can print at their house to hang on their 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 wall that'd be good that'd be hot i would want one if i won i would hang that right here even on it's like yeah this is (laughs) my podcast painting competition community voted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so when you now that you put it like that, yeah, for like you specifically, <laughs> it's like right up there with the uh, items that <laughs> call into question their own validity. Because mm-hmm. I got third place in a competition that I hosted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, coming in a, a very close second, Artisans of All, it was a beautiful, beautifully painted armager. Well worth deserved to be within the museum as well uh that was this is a very very extreme competition oh yeah level so like that that competition was just boiled down just distilled to the fiercest competitors right there and i it was one of those things where once people i feel like what happened in that case is once people started seeing the entries they were like oh okay never mind i'm gonna bow out but that or maybe people were just a little more excited to do the dreadnought send-off which was our other painting competition for last month. Either way, I, I I really enjoy these painting competitions because of how much it pushes you to paint one model. Oh, yeah. And with that, you learn your you learn patience, you learn new techniques, and you know what you're good and bad at. And for one sure. of the one of the best things that I've kind of like seen come out of this is we are getting newer members of the community. Like brand new people in the community. We have people that started with Leviathan boxes or started with Age of Darkness boxes that are coming into the Discord. They're joining this competition. They're painting up all they can. Granted, they're, you know, they may not win, but they gave everything they could. And now, once they can see what level can be achieved by looking at Kieran and Artisans of All's uh, models, you know, it's kind of like, okay. I need to learn these techniques. I need to see what they're doing. And it's a conversation. It's like, hey, so what should... There's a few people who ask, hey, I'm new into this. Here's kind of what I'm painting now. What should I focus on? It's like, okay, yeah, you're doing really good with this. Tighten up with some of this. Look into these techniques for the effect you're going for. And it's been a really good tool for growth. And one of my favorite things as well is nobody in the community that I have seen has gate kept their techniques. It is straight up, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is what paint I'm using. This yeah. is how I'm handling this. Well, because a lot of these techniques, they're out there. It's like you can go on YouTube and find the techniques. It's just there's so many different different things to find. 
It's like, okay, well, let me focus on this specific thing. Hey, I think for you, the style you're going for, maybe look for this technique and here's a YouTube video. Yeah. Like, yeah. like no, there's not a whole lot of like secret techniques that are being used unless they're just that well kept and people are just not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so I, I think that's like a rising tide raises all ships situation. I think it is too. So with, with that announcement, powerful Raptor Imperialis, we also had a winner inside the dreadnought side. Yeah. So excellent competition all the way around. We had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight competitors in there. And first off, I'd like to issue out an apology. Yes. Uh, powerful, powerful enough said we did not mean to call your, uh, your dreadnought a dwarf dreadnought. Now that we've been notified that it is, in fact, Robo from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Our bad. It makes way more sense. <laughs> and so... Great conversion. I would say the conversion is 8 out of 10. Uh, you probably should have put some baby blue eyeballs on that bad boy <laughs> instead of the soulless eyes you gave us on this one. But still, I'm uh, loving it. Loving it. Very, very nice. You captured every bit of it, the backpack, everything. Powerful Robo from Chrono Trigger. He also needs a, a, a groin flap. But so the loincloth? Yeah. Groin flap. <laughs> <laughs> Just cover his nuts and bolts, you know? Yeah. So as far as first place in this competition, who took the money? Powerful, powerful Jonathan the Slow took this month's painting competition for the Dreadnought send-off with, with a grizzly Night Lord's Leviathan. With a grizzly Night Lord's Leviathan. Now, for those of y'all, obviously this is an audio podcast, so let me give you a, a breakdown of what I'm looking at right now. It's a mini diorama. It's a mini diorama. I'll put on a 100 millimeter base. We have a Leviathan Dreadnought standing on the edge of what appears to be a trench line. Inside that trench line is a dark angel who's defiantly standing against this Leviathan, who will kill him. There's no doubt oh, in sure. your mind. Um, this guy's done. He has his power sword up. He's uh, defiantly standing there and standing above him on top of the trench. So not only do we have this dreadnought, he's about four or five times this, uh, this dark angel's size, but also he's raised by this space marine size trench above him looking down at him just towering above him with the goriest hands you've ever seen it's it's using that method i believe that has they they use the either the epoxy or the glue that you see normally in tyranids teeth yeah where you use it for like a gore like, like dripping saliva or things or they, he's tinted it red so it looks like gore just stretched between the the claws of a siege claw or the drills of the siege drill. Yeah, so he's got it inside the claw, inside the drill. Just just covered in dude pulp. Just, yes. Every Night Lord should be. And he is completely covered in his enemies. He's and got back banners with dudes on spikes. This thing, it's just, it's a sight to behold. And, yeah, it's a mini diorama on this base, and there's no way... 
this non-artificer armor-wearing sergeant <laughs> is going to stand any chance against against this Leviathan. Yeah, feel no pain ain't going to do nothing to that. So, rip, Dark Angel, and congratulations, Jonathan the Slows. You you took this month. This is the first time you've taken anything in the competition. So, you killed uh, it. It was not close. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was not close. There was a, like there's there's my Bjorn, there's Michael's Furioso, and then this thing. Yes. <laughs> so, oh yeah, well the Alpha Legion. Yeah, that, that one was close. Was, Alpha Alpha and Omega were close, but yeah. But definitely, it just shows what putting that extra mile in there, right? Oh yeah, the there, extra techniques. I, I think the gore was like a huge selling point. I think because that's very visually striking. It's like, oh, that's really cool. I think about the work that went into this base, right? Because not only did he have to build up some sort of uh, texture for the base to actually uh, for the dreadnought to stand on, but he also had to put in this uh, corrugated plastic to look like the edge of a trench. Oh yeah, the whole he, the whole thing is just very well done. He has a floor well composed, well painted. The effects are really good. Yeah, he has a floor of the trench itself that is a like a slatted wood floor of the trench. I believe at some point we had seen some work in progress of this guy going, and I believe it's like just a just all plastic hard work that he was doing on that. Yeah, people do crazy things with that stuff. And so he just he went to town, saw saw the goal. And and went for it and oh yeah, just every step of the way, the composition, the converting, the painting, and the effects, it just all knocked out of the park. Just went to town. Even his decal application on the right shoulder of the Dark Angel mm-hmm. is looking fresh. So, congratulations, Jonathan. This month is your month, and you should be celebrated. Let's <laughs> give him a little golf clap. This is- <laughs> so you guys can get a golf clap from us <laughs> if you would like uh go enter this month's uh, character competition once again only may angels fly uh get your character painted up just has to have a picture of him with that card with your username throw it in there and uh you too could have a very very sweet golf clap from us and possibly fifty dollars towards your Friendly local game Friendly store. Friendly local game store. Not possibly. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> that, that is what the winners get, by the way. That is what we get the winners. We call up your local game store. I have a fun but awkward conversation with them that I'm an internet podcast host trying to give them $50 without sounding like a scam. <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. That's the fun part. I throw your name out there a bunch. Say, no, no, no. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. It's like, hey, do you know this person? Is this person a frequenter of your establishment? If I'm, so, I would like to give them $50 in store credit. At your establishment. <laughs> and we like to uh, uh, let you choose. So you're, you're going to get to choose which store it is. Don't worry. We're not going to just find a place that you're possibly banned from. And... <laughs> oh, mm. man. I mean, but imagine if we did and got you unbanned. Yeah, that'd be tight. It's like, well, he's got 50 bucks in his way. And he's a pro painter. So maybe you should open your doors up. Maybe he'd elevate the standard of miniature quality <laughs> in your establishment. <laughs> so... Congratulations, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for entering. Thank you for bringing your beautiful models in. Uh, we can't wait to see what you guys do for August. Ooh. I think at this point we might August have to open up possibly, possibly a second and third place for August. Just based on the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 
13, 14, 15 entries we have already for August. And there is a question I've been asked of, can I enter more than one entry? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, but keep in mind, you might potentially be splitting the votes coming your way. Yeah. Potentially. If you paint three badass models, <laughs> then you... Uh, I can only vote for one of them. I can only vote for one, and uh, you're just going to be competing against yourself. <laughs> and which, you know, hey. I mean, hey. If you want to go... If, if you really want to paint and put in some Age of Sigmar model, but you don't think it's going to get too many votes because this is not an Age of Sigmar podcast, maybe you do throw in a heresy model. I don't know. Mm. You're allowed to. That being said, that Lady Olinder model... It's going to be pretty cool painted up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Aaron does good work. All right. So, what you been working on, Derek? Oh, man. Today has been a day. I haven't gotten a whole lot done this past week aside from 3D printing and troubleshooting 3D printing. Uh, printers are working just fine except for the Elegoo Saturn, and I'm waiting on a new motherboard from Elegoo. And that should get it squared away. So let's talk about that. Were they pretty cool about it? Uh, yeah, they're pretty cool about it. Is it free? Uh, I think so. You think? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not my printer. I'm just I'm operating it, and uh, the owner of the printer got in contact with uh, customer service, and he just kind of all I know is that there's a new motherboard on the way. It's they seemed. It, I think they were pretty cool about it, but I didn't find out for sure if it's you had to buy it or if they just kind of are replacing it. I know a lot of people who've had this issue, they have replaced it, but I believe we're a little bit outside of our warranty period. Okay. But I, I haven't really been able to like follow up on that just because my life has been jumping from crisis to crisis. Okay. But yeah, once that comes in, uh, that'll be back up and running and I should be in good shape. I guess, uh, have you looked into how difficult it is to swap that motherboard out? Not very. Uh, the hardest part is getting into the chassis without, just because the the screen is adhered to the top, just kind of prevents resin from leaking in if there is like a FEP leak. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, worst case scenario, I was getting prepared to have to like replace a transistor that's blown. Because the most common issue with that is there's a transistor that handles the like power on power off of the led backlight because mm-hmm. the way the the way the resin printer works there's the led backlight that shines the led that cures the resin and then there's that clear screen that puts up the resist and that's how it does the individual slices okay so okay. there's those two different things working together so that the screen makes the cutout shape and then the backlight blasts it with uv right and it can only go through the holes that are open right, right. yeah but the, the backlight on mine won't turn off. So if the machine is on, the backlight is getting power and those UV LEDs are running. So the whole thing is generating heat. It's reducing the lifetime of the LED backlight. And also, even if the screen is completely dark, there's a little bit of bleed through if the backlight's at full power. Mm, okay. So it's just not good for the resin. It's not good for the machine. It's not good for your print quality. Theoretically, I could run some prints with it, but I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to chance it putting any more wear on the machine than I have to. And it's just not not a great situation. Gotcha. So thankfully, there's a lot of very intelligent people on the Internet who've seen this issue and like troubleshot it. And most common, there's a transistor that blows that messes up that control. So they said, hey, if 
worst case scenario, if you replace this specific transistor, it'll probably fix it. So I was preparing to like talk to some people I know who do work with electronics like that and how to like, how to test what that transistor is supposed to be running at and how to replace it with a similarly rated transistor. Uh, thankfully, I don't think I'm gonna have to do that because the whole motherboard is gonna get replaced. And it, the issue is, I think maybe a certain run of them they'd used kind of faulty or something. I don't know. Uh, there, there's a lot of moving parts to that, but ideally, we get the new motherboard in, and then we mess around with the old one. And if we can get that one running, then we'll have a backup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just Especially have, if you can see at the at that point the board's out, you can actually see. Yeah, because there's way there's ways you can take a meter and like test different components. Right. But yeah, other than that, uh, today was a fun fun little exercise. So I have contractors all about the house. They're getting it repainted. Today was actually the last day they're going to be painting it, and then we should be good for a while, at least until I get this next problem looked at. But so uh, there's contractors all around my house painting the outside. And Looks good, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so I'm on the inside. I'm checking my printer, doing stuff with that, and uh, I get the urge. Uh, I get the the I get the feeling that I've got an emergency and I need to go to the bathroom. Mud butts. You got mud butts. You can say it. I potentially have a case of the mud butt. Okay. So I go to my bathroom, and in my bathroom there's a window. So if you're listening to this at home, you might think about the window you have in your bathroom. What kind of window do you have in your bathroom, Michael? That's a little one. It's directly behind the toilets, and uh, like, it's facing my uh, facing my like patio area. Okay. And Jake smokes a lot, so like, if I were to open that window, it'd just be doing us all a disservice if I had that open. Okay, but it, so if it's closed, is it like frosted? Like, uh, you, can you like see through that window? Yes, but I got blinds. Okay. And curtains. And like, where 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 is the window placed on the wall? Is it like like in the middle of the wall, or is it like higher up? Like, where is it at? Uh, it's about it's in the middle, but a little bit more higher up, I guess. Okay, so if you were like sat there, he might see like the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So the window in my bathroom is like a full size regular ass window, and my bathroom is actually quite small, just because the way the floor plan is, it's like crunched together between two bedrooms. Okay. But the exterior wall is like just big enough for the biggest window they could put there. <laughs> so like a, a four foot by three foot window, four foot tall, three foot wide window. Uh, maybe not that, but maybe like three foot by three foot. It's only like three by three. Okay, it's a healthy window with with no frosted glass. Uh, we'd thrown up some curtains on it because that window happens to be facing my neighbor's driveway. Okay, is this on the first floor or second floor? First floor. Okay, so. Um, so I go to that bathroom. We have some stuff put up, but it's, and, and the toilet is facing the window. It's uh, it's it's side by side. So like, if I'm sat there, I could like throw my right arm up and have it chilling on the windowsill. Oh, okay, okay. So it's right there. It's about like drive-through window height, pretty much. Okay. And so I go. I open the door to my bathroom, and I see a ladder, just on the exterior <laughs> of my house. Oh, with a dude painting my window. I'm like, well, I don't want him to come down from that ladder and then just see me. Sat there, actively having the case of the mud butt. Because if he came down, he could see over the curtains. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't want to. <laughs> you should be. See, That's me. a power move, though, bro. You're the house, the homeowner. That's contractor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But what's what's he gonna see? Is he see me there having an episode, holding like my Game Boy. If he saw you, your Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm in an emergency situation. 
I'm trying to take my mind elsewhere. He's going to see you with your shirt popped off, fighting for your life take, in there. Take, him, take my shirt off, because what other animal do you know poops with his shirt on? Why are his feet kicked up like that? Why is, is that an ottoman in the bathroom? Is that a man giving birth in the restroom? Does he have a lazy boy turlet? <laughs> oh, no, that man's fighting for his life. Just, <laughs> as he, that man is having an exorcism. As he makes eye contact, he realizes you've been staring at him the whole time. <laughs> oh! Then you could come out inside your robe clutching your pearls. <laughs> I need that man's name. <laughs> you've seen my unmentionables. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I decide not to do that. And instead, yeah, I, that would have been a whole thing. I go to the upstairs bathroom, uh, which I've been advised against using the shower up there because of a leakage issue. So I'm like, okay, so the to- the toilet's okay to use. Okay, let's go. Wait, who advised you not to use the shower up there? Uh, my mom. Okay. Who knows the property better than I do? So I go and I have my explosive episode upstairs. Okay. So that bathroom's not really in use. Uh, which means there's no toilet paper up there. Mm. So I'm having a minor crisis upstairs with that. Uh, do what I got to do to get through that crisis. I don't really want to broadcast that to everybody who's trying to have a good time. Uh, come downstairs after that, and I see a major crisis leaking down my kitchen. Just, oh. It's just raining in my kitchen now. So the... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. When you say raining... So in my kitchen, there's a crack along the uh, the ceiling. The ceiling's a little bit lower, I guess, to accommodate piping because that bathroom is directly above the kitchen. Okay. And I was like, okay, so the shower at one point leaked, and then that that crack is kind of where it gathered and then broke through the drywall and was like dripping down. Uh, so that's happening right now, and I definitely didn't run the shower. So that's all. That, that's toilet water. Oh my! And that's a bad scene. So all the contractors that got drizzled on possibly have pink eyes, what you're saying? (laughs) No, no. Thankfully, they were working on the exterior of the house, so they don't know about this unless they listen to this podcast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was maybe like a Three Stooges episode. (laughs) Everybody started slipping on everything. Well, no, because while I was upstairs, it sounded like somebody was inside the house, like something was going on downstairs. I'm like, oh, well, I need to finish up this crisis. So that kind of like spurred me to kind of finish up up there and get downstairs and then i hear stuff in the kitchen i'm like are they like running the sink down there what the heck's going on i I come downstairs and i look and i just the the whole thing is it's a mess it's a big old big old mess none of the water so none of it smelled like septic water or like turlet water turlet (laughs) turlet water yeah that's what i'm going with okay yeah i've made my decision but at the very least, like it, it looks like it's ran through like dirt and dust in the area. So it's like, okay, well, all, automatically, just straight up, everything in this is unclean. Right. No, nothing in this room is clean anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to start taking the, the filthiest towels I've got, the nastiest towels I was probably going to throw away anyway, and start just trying to sop up this water. I'm like, okay, well, now I've got towels that are saturated with water. What the heck am I going to do with these? I'm going to throw them in the backyard. Uh, what am I doing? And it's just a full-blown panic crisis. Thankfully, it wasn't raining for too long before it kind of like got to where I was able to handle it. Got the light fixture emptied. Oh. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. And 
So, so once the water, I kind of was able to get me a bucket and start scooping, scooping stuff. And thankfully no like debris aside from what's just been like uh, stuff from like that was inside the wall and stuff that was uh, in the cabinets. It's just like dust and dirt and stuff. No, no debris other than that. Thank God. And then water stopped up and then I just got me a thing of bleach. Didn't dilute it as much as I probably should have. Cause I'm like, hey, I'm texting my girlfriend. I'm like, Hey, the kitchen's going to smell like bleach when you get home. Don't be alarmed. That's a good thing. <laughs> okay. The, the whole, I didn't go Patrick Bateman while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody died. But yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of your dignity, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so now my my back patio furniture is all just covered in filthy towels trying to dry out. Did you send, you're gonna get home. Do not have an outside dinner party. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go outside. The kitchen's gonna stink like bleach. That you can thank me for that. And uh Hey, you remember how we couldn't shower upstairs? Also don't use the toilet upstairs. Yeah, we're gonna we're, I'm gonna get something to frost that window in case we have to use the bathroom while the contractors are outside now. We're also just gonna go ahead and uh drywall off that restroom and forget it ever existed and <laughs> cut the water off. <laughs> well, no, because now we need to like take all the sheetrock off the kitchen to make sure there's no mold issues. Oh, there's definitely mold issues. Well, but, yeah, make sure that moving forward, there is not going to be mold issues. <laughs> you mean remove the mold is what you're, what you're gonna have, Yeah, we're going to have to perform a moldectomy on the kitchen. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of other stuff because we, we knew the plumbing upstairs was a problem anyway. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, we need to get that fixed. Or just drywall off that room upstairs and never use it. Are you switching everything over to, to PEX? PEX fittings and all that jazz? Is that the... Well, we probably will. Yeah, just rip out that piping, switch over to PEX. I'd imagine that's exactly what we're going to do. It's cheap, it's quick, it's flexible, it's beautiful. Yeah. Plastic, baby. <laughs> Polyurethane, baby. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I figure we get it... Try We try to get it to where that's not an, an active issue, and then we handle the, like, probably, what, $20,000 replacement... Ooh, I don't think about that. I mean, I no. I don't, I, I don't know how much it's going to cost. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot. As a Mexican American, <laughs> not that much. <laughs> you got to get some cousins, though. <laughs> I know some contractors. Well, I call they, them cousins. They, <laughs> they're, they're quick and they're cheap. Uh, so yeah, I kind of smell like bleach and detergent right now. Hey, you smell fine. I didn't smell any doo doo water on you, so that's good news. Yeah, if I, mean, I if I had not finished just shitting my brains out upstairs, I would have when I saw the kitchen. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, man, that's that's wild. It sounds yeah, like it uh, you are living the most accelerated homeowner experience I've ever witnessed. Like a, speaking, of, look, okay. I was torn. Like, if I wasn't having a mild panic attack, I probably would have got a picture of my reigning kitchen and, like, sent that to the handy person questions tab on the channel. <laughs> yes. the How do I fix this? Hey, so who do I need to call? Uh, electrician, plumber, exorcist? So let's talk about that real quick. I, I guess you've kind of told us the crux of your story. Like, your, your story's pretty much finished. But I do want to talk about the handy person yes. side of the Discord that we have recently seen quite a, there's way more traction in that channel than I ever thought there would be. 
So, so for those of y'all interested, oh yeah, if you are dealing with similar issues to this and you like need experts to give you approximate advice without having to pay them. Yeah, we uh, uh so inside of our Discord, we got some friends. We've got uh for one, we have a couple of channels that are just kind of like not wargaming related. Oh yeah, there's a food channel, there's a channel for your pets. There's Post a channel a for pets. You know, like uh uh mental health and you can yes. you can uh uh post in there anonymously and you get yes. responses there, there, back anonymously. Yeah, there, there's a bot you kind of have to learn how to use if you're going to do it anonymously. But I believe you can also use it to send anonymous private messages. Yes, yes. We do have an anonymous bot called Voltaire. Uh, but also in there, we did just recently add a handy person channel. Because yes. we kind of realized that all of us, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, Derek, I didn't think about you whenever I made this channel. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think I had just gotten working, done working on Cross's car. Mm-hmm. And uh, my thought was like, man, it's like everybody like has nobody asks openly for assistance and then they just think, Oh, I tried to Google it. I couldn't figure it out. So I just went to like a mechanic or I went to this. And, and so we added this handy person channel and you'd be surprised how many tradesmen we have that play war games. Yeah. And you know, they're just turns out you got to pay for this stuff somehow. Yeah. And a lot of the people in our discord are experts at stuff. Yeah. We've got certified Canadian plumbers in there looking at you. Powerful Brett. <laughs> What's up, Brett? And uh, uh, there's so much useful knowledge that comes out of there. And, and just straight up, throw your question out there, throw it into the ether, and yeah. somebody will come back and give you some. We f- I found out that, like, Matt used to be a landscaper, and he can identify, like, weeds out of nowhere. He's like, oh, you need to kill that. You need to do this. Pull it at the root. Pull the root up but don't do this. And I'm like, Oh dude, I would have tried to just cut that sucker up. I wouldn't have done any of that. So yeah. 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 We satch is no joke. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was we satch, but that's what I got. I got we satch. Oh, you got a bunch of we satch. I got one big thing of we satch. I need to hit with some some diesel and whatever the heck you mix with diesel to make. I'd cover with them doo doo towels. (laughs) Them doo doo bleach towels. (laughs) You kidding me? That's basically fertilizer at this point. (laughs) That was your answer the whole time right there. God gave you an answer. <laughs> God's trying to give me the solution and I'm fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> you throw them doo-doo towels on it. They could do something. I'm just the kitchen didn't smell like doo-doo water, all right? That's what you say. It's because you, you just came from the doo-doo if it, if, it made had, it. if it had smelled like doo-doo water in the kitchen, I'd have burned the house down and called an electrical fire. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, bro. You know how like sometimes I don't play with that stuff and I was like, okay, I think I can fix this. I think I can make this stink like bleach and then it might be clean. And then I'll just clean it a little bit every day. Less and less abrasive detergents. I'm just saying, you know, when you use the restroom and you come out of the restroom and everybody's like, oh my God. And you're like, oh dude, I didn't even notice it was that bad. I'm just, you just got done messing with it. And I could have tested for you while I was there. I could have, but it's too late now. Well, now it smells like bleach because <laughs> I bleached the hell out of it. So it's clean. <laughs> Crisis averted. Crisis postponed, more like. I think. <laughs> Crisis postponed. Crisis identified. Yeah. 
So yeah, just, that was a ticket time bomb. Imagine if you decide to have Thanksgiving dinner over at your house and that bathroom was taken care of. You had to go upstairs. Like, like, oh, there's somebody in this one. Okay, well, I, I hear there's one upstairs. And you got your mom, your dad, you know, you got your cousins. And they're about to cut Thanksgiving turkey. And Derek flushes the toilet. And now everybody gets rained on. <laughs> Crisis averted. <laughs> Yeah, thank thank you, anonymous contractor outside my bathroom window on a ladder. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's good stuff, dude. But yeah, if I hadn't been in like an active state of panic, I might have posted up to the handy person channel and be like, "Hey, I'm in a crisis. What do I do?" Mm. But if you find yourself in an active homeowner crisis, you totally can post up to the handy person question channel. And you probably get some responses pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so what else you got? I mean, that was pretty much my week trying to get the Apex missions rolled out so we can cap off the Siege of Chthonia campaign. Oh, yeah. It's been needing to happen about a week and a half ago, but everything's just been kind of... Was it the boat ride from Willy Wonka? It's kind of been like that. Oh, okay. So... Uh, by this weekend, I'll have that posted so we can hopefully get some traction and get some get some games done. Nice. There's been plenty of 40k popping off the shop. Not as much 30k. Yeah, I'm playing 40k every weekend, man. Yeah, it's been everybody's been super hyped for this new edition. Uh, we got the Siege of Chthonia FAQ, and so it's like, well. Can we get more? Can we get like <laughs> squeeze out a little bit more of that FAQ out of uh, Hey, I know Mr. Whore. I know heresy players don't want a new format every month, but can we get like a I don't know, a balance update every year? Every year and a half, every two years, something? Anything? Bueller? 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 If anything from the previous episode we just had, uh one of the things I've noticed, we've had a lot of people come into Discord asking for the cards. Yes. And so we've been dishing out the cards. We explain how to use them. It yeah. basically just replaces your secondaries. You make sure you have three cards at all time. Uh, if for whatever reason you and your opponent both agree that you can't uh, achieve a card. Yeah, th- it's literally impossible. I need, This one wants me to kill psychers and there are no psychers on the board. You just burn it, get another one. You should always have three cards. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, we've uh been getting those out and people are starting to get them printed. Yeah. So once you get some games in with those, give us a call. Let us know how it goes. Send I, us a voicemail. I might try them this weekend. You should. I've tried them before. We played with them all the time. We actually have them printed already. So oh, yeah, I've, I've still got a set that uh, Josh gave me. Yeah. But yeah, get a get a test with those in and give us a call at 361-265-8658. Leave us a voicemail and we'll play it live on air. We'll find out. But yeah, that's been me. It's just been rolling from uh, problem to problem, trying to keep myself together. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, since we last talked on the previous episode, I got promoted at my job congratulations so uh with that promotion there was a lot of Your responsibility yeah because it wasn't a quick it wasn't an easy handoff it was more of a crisis handoff <laughs> by the uh it wasn't a hey i'm gonna give two weeks and train you up in two weeks no it was just like a hey guess what you're the guy now 
I was like, all right, cool. Let's let's go from here. So uh, you get to be Thursday, Friday, yesterday, and Monday was chaos. So I didn't get a whole bunch done, but I did get quite a bit done. <laughs> if, we, if, we get, if we get flex, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, so it, it is one of those things where I've been having to go to bed early, wake up early. It's just one of those things. So I haven't been uh, streaming as much or anything like that, but it, it was just temporary just for that couple of days there. Uh, last night, because I didn't have to wake up early this morning, I did go ahead and stream on TikTok. I uh, painted up some uh, Blood Angels aggressors. Um, I don't know what that is. So I'm, I'm sorry, Inceptors, Inceptors, Blood Angel Inceptors. Those are the guys with the moon boots and the Nerf guns. The Nerf oh, okay. plasma pistols, the overly comically large plasma pistols. Okay, the Yosemite Sam looking. Yeah, Yosemite Sam in moon boots, uh, guys with the, a welding mask. Gravity shoes, moon yeah. boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I painted up three of those on stream, and uh, man, I tried. So I used to be. So my thing was, it was like, okay. Let me go wild on these guys. Um, luckily, I had a powerful, powerful Matthew, uh, Matthew Schultz. I was running low on decals. And so Matthew actually loaded up all the Blood Angels decals that he had. I don't know if he's a listener on the podcast, but he might be a fan from the TikTok side of things. Okay. But he hit me up on TikTok and he... Is that like his username or do we just dox him? No, that's his real username and his name. So, yeah, okay. like he's both. If his if his actual name isn't Matthew Schultz, that's his username on TikTok. Cool. So, uh, he loaded up the most Blood Angels decals I've ever had in my arsenal. <laughs> like, probably like... So, like, three Dark Imperium boxes worth, the Leviathan boxes worth. Loaded up. Load, Blood Angels specific. Was decals. it like the cutoffs from the one that has no all the, chapters? the big oh. the big decal sheets? Okay, so he the ones told you me only get with like the Furiosa dreadnoughts. Yeah, the ones that you get with like the Bell Predator. Yes, those decals. He says I don't use decals. I'm going to send you these, and he did loaded me up. Like, well, I'm, you should use decals, but I'm glad you got them for me. And I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. Every one of my models is going to look like a Yakuza agent now, just <laughs> covered got, in playing logo sleeve. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, man, I really feel like it, it has been one. Like, I don't like to mix the Horus Heresy decals with the 40K decals because they are two different aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to bring the Horus Heresy decals into my 40K models because they do look weird. Okay. Uh, in, in my head, the Blood Angels in Horus Heresy were way more artisan and all that jazz. They kind of like had blood angel or they had sanguineous looking over their shoulder kind of, you know, just make it. They, they were more artistic than 40 K blood angels. And it shows up in the, uh, in both the heavy metal painting and all that jazz. Like when you see horse heresy, blood angels, tanks and all that stuff, they have the gold filigree. They have like the gold and all that jazz. And they have just, artisan okay. level stuff and then you look at 40k blood angels and they're just a lot, a lot closer to like codex of star days like you know hey you need to have your yeah your symbol this far up and all that jazz so so i've been i i, I don't really use my horse heresy decals on my 40k blood angels too much that checks out 
So that being said, because I have a ton of Horse Heresy Blood Angels decals, but I just didn't have a bunch of uh, regular Blood Angel decals from 40K. So now they got a bunch. I'm just going buck wild, dude. Everybody's getting, you know, their wrist decal. They're getting their <laughs> forehead decals. We're just going to town on the decals. Um, so went to town on the uh, Inceptors, man. But I apply the decals. I get them painted. They're red. I get them... Uh, glossed up, which is the uh, the pre-step to your decals. My pre-step tone decal. I apply the decals. I get the matte coated. So, so that's my my step is a uh, uh, airbrush black. I hit them with the uh, the white zenithal. Get them red, bold pyrrole red from uh, Procrail. I get them burnt red coupon underneath. Coupon code RFI. Yeah, coupon code RFI. RFIPaint.com. Go get your Procrail. It's great, and uh, it gives me the striking red. Okay. I use AK Interact, AK Interactive it's like, it's like Glossy red, Coat. But with like caps lock on. Yes, yeah, it is red. Um, then I use the Glossy Coat from AK Interactive, cover them up, get them all glossed up, get them all slippery, so that way I can put decals on them, and then I matte coat them. And the reason why I matte coat them is so they'll take paint. Yes. Uh, I have been looking at the AK Interactive Satin, and I think I'm going to start bringing that satin coat onto as my finishing coat instead of a matte coat. Because okay. I do want them to shine just a little bit. And I think the matte coat's been looking a little bit too flat for me. Oh, yeah. My Night Lords, I finished with satin, and I was thinking about dulling them back down. But a few people have told me, like, no, nah, dude, keep that satin. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to move to satin. But, but, um, so on those Inceptors, they are, they're fast moving. Like, they move, like, 12 inches, something like that. They deep strike in. They're just quick. And one of the, uh, uh, as part of 40K Blood Angels lore, they have the yellow helmets for fast movers, blue helmets for, like, devastators, and, like, the normal... The gl- red helmets for, like, line stuff, battle Yeah, line. and then gold helmets for command. command. So I thought to myself, hey, man, I'm pretty fucking good at yellow. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty good at yellow. Let me go ahead and live, let me go ahead and slap some yellow on this bad boy. I'm not good at yellow, bro. <laughs> I thought, oh, dude, I was... Oh, no. I'm good at airbrushing yellow, but painting yellow. Live on stream? Live on stream. Girls are watching. Girls are watching. <laughs> yes, they were. They truly were. Uh, I, I felt like a deer with just like the Bambi legs and everything. I'm trying to paint this yellow in front of everybody. I'm like, no, nah, it usually works a little bit better than this. Let me go put a little water down. <laughs> I probably did like nine coats of yellow. <laughs> like they're all thin. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I'm using golden yellow from Pro Curl. It's it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Today, I during my lunch break, because this like this dude's mask is just all sorts of fucked up. Cause my my recipe for yellow used to be um uh Averlin Sunset. Averlin Sunset base followed by the Lamenter's yellow gloss. Like the 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 Glaze. Okay. And that would warm it all up. Well, this was not working, dude. My golden yellow uh, from Procrill with my uh, Vallejo yellow ink. Ooh. It was it was not doing Because I know the Avalon Sunset's a really good yellow base. It was an excellent base. And the Procrill yellow is as good of a base, but... It's a completely different yellow than Averland Sunset. It's like a golden yellow. And so 
versus a the Averland Sunset's a cold, way colder yellow. Yes, it, and it's it's almost this like uh, I don't know, almost like this cardboard kind of yellow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right. Like a like a a muted yellow. So with that, dude, I. I had to go figure out the the special code, <laughs> like how I was supposed to get this yellow looking the way I want it to, because I'm looking for that bright, warm yellow that my Imperial Fist were, and I knew the recipe for that, so I had to dial that in with Procrel, and so I went back to the drawing boards. I sat at lunch. I was like, man, this did not come out the way, because like I was trying to save it. I was going in with a brown wash to kind of give the recesses. Like maybe it's I can't see it because it just looks like a big block of yellow face and so i went in i brown washed it watered that brown wash down it did give it some depth to it but still it just looked chunky right Mm. and so uh on my lunch break i took my my serious putty and i uh covered their entire body but their little faces and so they were just like had their little face. They're just stuck in a blob of putty. They're stuck in a blob of putty, but I can see their faces. So for those for those who don't know about your serious putty, it's silly putty, but it's made for work. Serious putty. Yeah, it's silly putty, but it's got a job, so it can't be silly. Yeah, it can't be silly. It's got to be serious. So it's my serious putty. So I took my serious putty <laughs> and uh, blocked everything off except for their little faces. <laughs> like like just I blasted them, dude. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna use golden yellow. And I'm just going to even this out. And so I, and everything smoothed out. Everything made sense again. I was like, oh, I was like, it's okay. So I guess I don't know how to brush paint. I guess I don't. Or maybe I just wasn't using enough water. But from the airbrush, everything looked fine. But me painting it did not look good. Did not. So I got to figure that out. I got to either paint these faces first. You're going to come back to your TikTok and be like, all right, so off screen, I sprayed these just with a little bit of that. And that's that, and everybody's like, "Yeah, I bet you did." That's what. Okay, yeah. that's what happened. So I got to explain that on TikTok. Uh, so yeah, so that was a whole ordeal, whole experience. What ten out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> Everything else looked fine. I showed powerful Josh in the in the Discord. I showed him how to uh, uh, make the glow on the power pistols, or the plasma pistols, and uh, I showed him my technique while the while the plasma pistols weren't even ready. I was like, because he was asking me, he's like, yeah, I've been putting white down first, then I've been doing the glow. It's like, no, you got to do the glow first, then the white, because it's got to look like it's glowing. And so I showed him how to do that before bed and all that jazz, so it was a good time. Um, But, man, that ate my lunch, dude. I haven't had my lunch ate in a while, and uh, it felt good. It felt, I like getting stumped like that, because then it's like, okay, I've got to grow, grow, right? You got to learn how to jump those hurdles. It's just so crazy to, like get stuck on a live and you're just like, Oh, hold on everybody. <laughs> hold on. This is new. This ain't red. <laughs> so that's what's up. I'm glad you figured it out though. Yeah. Uh, in other news, I got reached out to on TikTok. Uh, so there's a new, like a shop feature in TikTok, right? Okay. And so what they do is they offer you product to review and then they're going to tag the shop within the product that you're reviewing to go like buy it within the TikTok shop. Okay. Okay. 
And so they offered for me, they said, hey, you're an airbrusher. Why don't you try this oxygen injector for beauty? (laughs) And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Because I didn't want to kind of feel like pressured into, it's like, oh, y'all sent me a free airbrush beauty injector. And uh, uh, you want me to review it and like, oh, you want me to send me a free airbrush that has the little compressor attached to it. And you want me to review it for you guys and you want me to like sell it under my profile. When you click my link, it'll go to the TikTok shop to buy it from there. And so I looked at the price and it was like 30 bucks. And then I looked at the model number and I just went to Amazon and Amazon had it for $22. And I was like, okay, let me just buy this for Amazon. I got a next day shipped. And I was like, so they're trying to send me this. Let me go ahead. Cause my thinking was, they're probably also going to like. I'm not the only TikToker that they've offered this airbrush to, right? I doubt it. Yeah. So there's probably other airbrushing TikTokers that they probably offered this out to. So what I ended up doing was I was like, I'll do a review on what I think about it, and whether it's good or bad, like I will let you guys I'll give know you my honest review, and then you let me know if you still want to. Yeah. And when I tell you I was enthusiastic about this, I was optimistic about this thing. I thought I was going to take this airbrush everywhere. I thought it was going to be the new go-to, right? Like The old travel airbrush. So, so my thing is, and especially with when it comes to new airbrushers, right? I, uh, Sorry, I need to adjust my shorts. <laughs> but yeah, for like 30 bucks, if it works, it'd be something great to suggest to people. Yeah. And, and, and so right now my go-to suggestion to people is the $99 airbrush kit from Harbor Freight. It's an Avanti airbrush, tankless airbrush, uh, compressor with a, with a, a dual action airbrush. That's my go-to go buy that, get started hundred bucks. You're in the hobby. Right. Okay. And so when I tell you I was excited that there was a $22 airbrush with compressor that I was down. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Sign me up. I'll test it out. If I can get this to work, then I can teach somebody to use it and then tell them, Hey, whenever you're, you know, this is going to be like your first car. It's not going to be fun to ride in at first. Like you're not going to have air conditioning. You're not going to have power windows. But later on, when you now after you learn how to drive, you can start getting you know your your nicer cars with air conditioning, all that jazz, all the amenities and all that stuff. So I ordered it, got it in, immediately started my review. I was like, okay, cool. Like this is uh this is fun. Let me go and try this out. Uh, it's a 0.5 millimeter needle. So it's big, it's a big needle. Okay. There's two separate functions of compressor that it goes, which is like 30 PSI and like 18 PSI. There's no in between. So you're shooting 30 PSI or 18. That's it. High and low. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's single action. So the air is always blowing. So like uh, in your normal double action airbrushes, you have a, uh, um, when you push down on your, your uh, trigger. trigger, it actually compresses a, uh, a, a valve that lets air start coming into your airbrush. 
And then when you rock the airbrush back, that determines how much paint you're letting through because it removes the needle uh, from the siphon that lets uses the venturi effect to start pulling uh uh start pulling pigment pigment through and uh and and paint so this is air going all the time okay and also the compressor is just on all the time because the air is constantly yeah, flowing it doesn't have a tank it has to be pushing it has to be pushing there is also no regulator that turns off the tank once it hits or turns off the compressor once it hits a certain psi and so what it does is just overheats <laughs> it oh. just it just overheats and turns off is what it does so my original thinking was well cool this is a good starter 20 bucks go get this go blast your models with it and then you can go buy a hose and get an airbrush put your hose on there and then now you've got this you turn it on you go airbrush your models with a good airbrush with a, with a dual action and go to town. But what's going to happen is if you're using a dual action airbrush, when you turn it on, you start airbrushing, you let go. It's going to build up pressure, overheat and shut off. And you got to turn it back on or leave the pressure paint really quick. So it's not, you can't use it for that, which I, I know that I'm not the first person to have that thought. So if you were having that thought, John Christensen, it you can't do it. You can't, it doesn't work like that. It'll, it'll keep running forever and have no way to turn off. Now, is there a way to go out and buy you a separate regulator, a giant tank to fill up with this thing? You just plug it in and turn it on and it fills up a tank for you. Then you airbrush on the other side. Absolutely. For only twice the cost of the <laughs> airbrush kit at Harbor Freight. If you're at that point, <laughs> you, we could absolutely like I'm sitting there and like truly I was thinking about how can I make this work? And it's like, at that point, the amount of money we're going to spend to make this work, you could have just bought the Avanti. You could have just bought a tankless airbrush. You could have just done all this other stuff. But, okay. For only $350. Yeah, we've got a solution to make this $20 For work. only the cost of a Badger compressor with a Patriot 105. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's where I was. That's where I was. I was like, I was trying to make this work. I was thinking of all the different options we could make this work. Because I could find the fittings. I probably have the fittings in my truck, right? Yeah. So... That being said, okay, I tried painting with it. How's it paint? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be because it's a 0.5 millimeter needle, so you've got much larger pools of uh, paint coming out. But I think, so there's, a, there's, a, there's three things I didn't like about it, all right? And it's the amount of paint that gets sent through it. So I... I took two models that were Zenithal highlighted and I compared them side by side with my Evo painting with my Evo and then painting with that needle. And then keep in mind, that's a 0.4 millimeter needle with a dual action. So I can control the paint and the air versus a single action fixed at 30 PSI 0.5 millimeter. So this thing runs through some paint. Sounds like that thing goes. So when you spray, you're spraying all you got, okay? Now, am I saying that this airbrush is good for nothing? No. It seems like it's marketed for uh, the airbrushing makeup. It is 100% what it's marketed for. Okay. 
So it's it's probably a lot better for that than it is for painting miniatures. It's probably great for that, not for painting miniatures. But they're going to market it for painting miniatures, and that's what we got to avoid. So so if you're painting terrain, this will work for you. Sure. If you're painting only base coats, this will work for you. Okay. If you're looking to start airbrushing your miniatures, this will not work for you. Do not go this route. You will have too much paint applied too quickly and uncontrollably. Did you try it at 18 PSI? Because that's a lot closer to what I spray at. Uh, I did try it at 18 PSI as well. And Similar I, issues? 0.5 millimeters is a lot of paint. Okay. It's a lot of paint. So I... Uh, I wasn't I wasn't excited about it. I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who is newer to painting. Uh it's it's just not something that I think I think what would end up happening is they would get frustrated. Okay. And and that's what Absolutely. And that's what I hear all the time is Shoot, I get frustrated with my own setup. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Lastly, the thing that I like the least about that airbrush and I bring it up in my review and I, I know I know you guys out there you're probably thinking to yourself man this dude is nitpicking right he wanted to show them uh, keep in mind I was optimistic and I wanted this to work but I, I'm not trying to nitpick however however you're about to say the most like inconsequential thing about this aren't you you can't clean it with the method I used to clean it so, so if you're curious about my method of cleaning, you can't backfeed it. You can't backfeed it. Paint continuously gets stuck at the bottom of the of the bell and okay, but, stays and lives in there. Okay, but that is a problem though. It's a very big problem. And I tell you, when I backfed it, I backfed it probably five, six times. I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm just gonna have to. I'm going to have to backfeed this quite a bit. I'm just going to have to clean it out a little bit better. I'm going to have to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Over and over again, I just sprayed red. Cleaned it out. 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 I'm like, what is going on? Sprayed it. Sprayed it. Sprayed it. But at the very bottom, red paint just stayed there. Mm. Red alcohol paint and water just stayed in there. And I was like, there's no way. And I'm blasting it. And so what's happening was the paint wasn't deep enough in the channel to get pulled by the siphon. But it wasn't... For whatever reason, it, there wasn't enough air pressure coming to push it back out. And so it was just stuck there in this area. And so I told everybody, I was like, I'm going to do the worst possible thing you can do. I'm going to go ahead and spray paint white. I'm going to go ahead and throw some white in here. And we're going to see what white looks like now. And immediately I'm spraying pink. <laughs> and so I was like, this is why this is a problem. So could you... That... Could That's you bad. load up a different color, spray paint that off of your model for a little bit until you're getting your right color, and then move into that color? Absolutely, you could do that. That is a workaround to make that happen. But you shouldn't have to. And if you're a new airbrusher... That's that's going to be the worst thing. You're going to be pulling your hair out over that thing. Yeah. And so... Like, changing colors is already, like, a super stressful thing for somebody who doesn't have experience with an airbrush. That's what I'm saying. Cleaning and changing colors is not... Those are the two things that you, it's very difficult to train into a new airbrusher. That's one of the, the fundamentals that we teach them. So, 
Would I recommend that particular airbrush? No. Hell no. I would not. Not that airbrush and that compressor. If you want to try it for yourself, if you're like, this guy's talking crazy, let me know. I'll send it to you for free. You can have it. I don't want it. That being said, okay, everybody that saw my negative review of this thing, very open to, very, you know, like, I listen, right? I had a bunch of people say, well, that's because this is the single action one. Did you know there's another one out that is dual action and it's $60? It's like, this, okay, but we're not reviewing that one. This is a good one. It's $60. And my feedback on that is we'll get there when we get there. Well, I'll, I'll review that one when I've got that one. I don't have that one. I can review this one, and this one is not the one you want to get. If you're going to spend $60, just spend a hundred dollars. Just save forty dollars and go get the Avanti, which we know works, which we know works great. We had people in the airbrushing class using that Avanti airbrush airbrush. Oh yeah, right out of the box. And right out of the box and it was spraying fine. It was doing exactly what we needed it to do. Everything was looking good. So if that's the case, I say just pinch your pennies just a little bit longer and just I, I think I am looking for the thirty to sixty dollar entry. I'm saying thirty to fifty dollar entry into airbrushing. If it exists out there, I will find it and I will announce it to the world that it has been found. But that one is not the answer. Do the 20, not. The twenty dollar solution is not the solution. It's twenty dollars from Amazon, but it's thirty dollars from TikTok. So it's a thirty dollar solution technically. But I would say don't do it, guys. Don't don't put yourself in those shoes. Don't fall down that hole. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. I also am trying out something else. I did also have something sent to me <laughs> that uh, I'm super excited about, but we'll also honestly review. Um, Hell yeah! It's a it's a, it's a paintbrush cleaner. Have you seen them yet? No. What? Yeah, dude. I thought you were talking about the other thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Do I know what you're talking about? It's yeah, okay. absolutely. You can talk to him on Facebook. Oh, oh, Mighty Brush? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mighty Brush is sending us <laughs> some D. I'm, I'm, yeah, Mighty, we hooked, Mighty Brush is hooking us up, guys. We talked about it last episode uh, and reached out to them. And yeah, they're just going to send us decals. They're going to send us a handful of decals to just Yakuza up our models with. Oh, yeah. And... I, I can already tell you those decals are unless they've drastically changed quality, those decals are good quality. Y'all should go hit up Mighty Brush. So check this out. Alright, what we got? This is it. So already I'm seeing what looks like a vortex mixer. No, no, no. So this cleans your brush. It's it holds water. It's an upside down tank. Oh, okay. So it's like one of those automatic pet water dispensers. Yeah, but you clean your brush inside of the like the standing water okay so my brush goes into the the back part no front part okay this front part right here you see that little area right there this little little dish yeah so that's it's got uh it's got all sorts of little uh uh divots in there that you can rub your brush against okay i'm gonna 3d design and 3d print an area that can hold my soap so i can just take my brush and put in the soap and then wipe it in there and then when you push the button it dumps your water into this channel down here 
And then whenever you do that, it refills it with fresh water. And the old water just jumps straight into my kitchen. Yeah. It <laughs> jumps straight. It, <laughs> it's, from wherever you're at. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so, well, I don't know where this is going. I never had to clean it. So just <laughs> got to hit it with the bleach. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you see how that works? Okay. Okay. I get you. So that the back part's just a reservoir to hold more water. Yeah, so that holds your water, and then it runs it siphon style to this little, this little, uh, this little cup in the front. Yep, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I think the cats are gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna design and 3D print a little thing to to hold some soap there, so I can just you know. Yeah, because that's one of the big things. That, that's one of the big problems. I wash my brushes in dirty water all the time, and. Uh, that feels like the most bougie thing is like, oh, I only wash them in like, cause now it's Fiji. like, yeah, yeah, you just replace that, find a way to make an adapter that fits on the Fiji bottle to go on the reservoir. you damn right. The waters of Lake Minnetonka. The purifying waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that coming in. I'm going to try that out. They offer they yeah. offer it if I want to try that out. And I said, I'll just buy it myself. And, uh, I'm as excited for that as I was this airbrush. And so I'm hoping this doesn't let me down as much as the airbrush did, but there's, yeah, a, there's that, a possibility. Definitely. That's not the, a large, as large of an opportunity as it was for the $30 airbrush. Yeah. But still potentially very exciting. Yes. I'm excited for this, but we'll see. Speaking of excited, I'm excited. Are you excited? I am excited. All right. You want to roll into some assault Marine talk? We have to roll into some assault Marine talk. Hell yeah. So you guys wanted it. And we got it. I got my books. Don't you worry. I'm not just going to go off of memory on this one. So Assault Marines. Let's talk about Assault Marines. So first thing we want to talk about, guys, is, Derek, what separates an Assault Marine from a Despoiler? What am I losing by going from a Despoiler to an Assault Marine? Which it sounds like an Assault Marine is way better than a, a Despoiler Marine. So right off the rip, you're losing out on 65 extra points. So you are paying, or forty-five to sixty-five, depending on how many you take in the unit. Right. What's the model cap on that so one? The exact same as the despoilers. You, you start with ten, including the sergeant, and you can go to twenty. Mm-hmm. That's a big old blob. So at ten, they're one hundred and forty-five points. At the twenty, they're two hundred and sixty-five. So forty-five to sixty-five points extra, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to trade Spite of the Legion and Heart of the Legion for a jump pack. Now, for those of y'all that have not looked at the Spider of the Legion or the Heart of the Legion rule, Heart of the Legion is huge. If you, if any member of the unit is within three inches of an objective, they get stubborn and plus one of their feel no pain. Or if they don't have feel no pain, they get feel no pain six up. So if you stick an apothecary with them, a despoiler squad can have a four up feel no pain on the objective. Sitting on the objective. So that's if they you don't have to control it. You just have to be within controlling distance of it. So it works when you're trying to kick your opponent off their objectives. Now, granted, if you're looking at a spoiler squad versus an assault marine squad or assault squad, they do kind of pay play two different roles in your in your army. Um, I would say that your uh, the spoiler squad is going to be something that is going to be a more line troop, whereas your Assault squad is going to be something that's going to be more dedicated to move quicker and move faster forward. But keep in mind that the you, 
if there is a idea in your head that you do want to use your assault squad to play defense for the rest of your army, it's probably a better idea to stick with a despoiler squad because you are saving point. If you don't need the mobility, don't go straight to the assault squad. Look at the despoiler squad first. Absolutely. And if you can take those models and magnetize their backpacks, even better. you have backpacks or jump packs, because a lot of their a lot of their upgrades are the same. So one in five in both units can take power weapons. One in five can take special pistols. The despoilers have better access to heavy chain swords. But I don't think anybody's running heavy chain swords. Uh, the assault marines though can take combat shields for that six up invul. Right, right. And so we kind of did talk about that a little bit because you're not losing anything whenever you take the the combat shield. Well, you, so, well, the, the combat shield's weird. So let's say you've got a 10-man squad. Mm-hmm. You pay the 20 points to give everybody combat shields. You get a six-up invul save. Mm-hmm. So now against AP3 wounds, one in six guys won't die from that. But for the same points, six combat shields could just get you another guy. Right. Who then gets more attacks. It's a, it, it's a, it's a strange balance there. It was a similar problem in last edition. Correct. But if you're taking max unit size and you just have to give these guys some kind of invul save, go for it. There's better ways out there to give these guys invul saves. Yeah. But I, I do want to go ahead and, and back up a little bit. I do want to talk about the Warhawk jump pack. Yes. So this piece of war gear is what you're going to get when you lose Spite and Heart of the Legion. You're gaining this Warhawk jump pack. And that's going to give you quite a few things. And keep in mind, this the if you look at the base profile of the Assault Marine, They're only they, move at seven. they don't gain anything on their profile side from a normal Space Marine. It's all the jump pack that gives them these special abilities, yes. right? So just by having the Warhawk jump pack activated. No, n- just, from, just from having it. Any model with a Legion Warhawk jump pack also gains these special rules. So they still get Hammer or Wrath? Yes. Without With their jump pack turned off? Yes. Okay. Just right. by having the thing on their back, they get Bulky 2, Hammer of Wrath 1, and Deep Strike. Okay. If they're already Bulky 2, they get Bulky 3. I don't think anything that's Bulky 2 can take a jump pack. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, I didn't know that they still got Hammer Wrath with that turned off. That's actually really good then. Yes. So th- that was one of the big things that we wanted to talk about here because there, every time we talk about assault squads or have I talked about assault squads, the, uh, the conversation has come up that if you land in difficult terrain or if you move into difficult terrain with them, that difficult terrain is going to be treated as dangerous terrain. Right. And knowing that you can turn your jump pack off and get your normal seven inch move. Yes. Instead, like if you needed to go into a building or you needed to go into some ruins to go, you know, shake some stuff up, you can deactivate that jump pack. And there's actually verbiage in there that says, when you activate this, you can give them that 12 inch movement. Right. You don't have to activate it to get the extra movement. And if, so if the terrain is an issue for you, if terrain becomes an issue, which in some cases terrain does become an issue and yeah. it's, it's not worth moving your full 12, you know? And, and uh, I've, we, we've seen instances where there's certain rights of war that make certain areas difficult for you. And, and they think that they can 
force that down the throat of some assault Marines. And so if, if you're in a case where your assault Marines don't have to move very far, they don't need their full 12 inches, they don't need any of that, and they can just get away with seven, you can deactivate those uh, jump packs and kind of move normal. Move normal. Don't ever think you can't. <laughs> yeah. Now, with the difficult terrain, that would still drop them to five movement. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're that close where you don't need to do it, don't activate it. Don't, don't activate do that drum pack. If you're close enough where that five inches is plenty and you don't need the extra two inches from having high movement, the two inches on your charge. Yeah. If you don't have to jump out of something, you know, jump yeah. out of, cause I, I've seen instances where difficult terrain or dangerous terrain checks bypass armor now. Right. That's a lot. That's one of the main changes I haven't seen come up very often. That's very easy to forget. It just straight smokes a guy. Yeah. If you've got an invul save, there you go. But otherwise uh, don't fail that check. Yeah, if you sprain your ankle because you jumped wrong, you die. <laughs> yeah. You've straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. <laughs> There's no artificer armor sergeant that's going to take the fall for you or catch you in your place. You roll that six up from your combat shield. Yeah. So <laughs> so just be very careful with that. Warhawk jump pack can be turned off. I, I thought you lost Hammer of Wrath with it, but I could be... Because I think last edition, you could turn on your jump pack to get Hammer Wrath. Well, it was but, if you use it in the movement phase, you got the extra movement. If you didn't use it in the movement phase, you could use it in the assault phase to reroll your charge and get Hammer Wrath. Right, right. So, yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Yeah. Now, something to consider as well is if you didn't know, because you have additional movement in the, in the movement phase, you get a bonus to your charge yes anything with eight inches of movement or higher gets plus one to their charge distance so your contemptors anything with 12 inches or more gets plus two to their charge distance and the bonus from the warhawk jump pack lasts the entire turn so you do still get that plus two inch charge exactly so and if you're a raven guard and you have the fancy raven guard jump pack that gives you 14 inch movement which gives you plus three to your charge and can assault squads take that? No. No. So why are we talking about it, Derek? I'm just flexing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're... Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, these guys get plus two inches of their charge distance. If you don't know, that two inches makes a lot. Yeah, two inches is a big deal, especially when you start looking at Makes into, that nine-inch charge a lot easier. Definitely. So now you've got this 12-inch movement. You've got this plus two to charge in the pocket already. Oh, yeah. All right. Average roll between five and seven. So now it's between seven and nine. Things become a lot easier to get to. Yeah, so you've the, got the threat range increased. Yeah. 17 to 19 inch threat range. Very, very good. Oh, yeah. So that's a big range. That's a huge range. So with that in mind, let's talk about some of the war gear that these guys can take. Yeah, so one in five can take power weapons, get you some power axes, some power swords if you want, power lances, or if your legion can take cool special power weapons like the, the Karsoran power axe. Yeah, these guys get them. Yeah, I would think that uh, there's a, from, from what I've seen out there, I think there's quite a bit of the... Uh, uh, can They can take Chernobyl weapons, right, or no? Yes, they can also take Chernobyl weapons. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of... Chernobyl weapons being dipped in there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't know why you would, considering Chernobyl weapons typically get bonuses if you're in a challenge, and these guys don't have chosen warriors. 
Mm. I want to say in my assault squads, I took Chernobyl weapons. And I want to say that I took uh, Chernobyl... Because there's going to be a few different options for Chernobyl. And I thought that yes. one of them did not have to deal in in combat. I mean, all the challenge. Chernobyl weapons have Duelist Edge, which boosts your initiative in a challenge. And what else? What, what all do they have? I think it's the... What are the options for Chernobyl? There's the Saber, the Tabar, which is like an axe, and the Glaive, which is like a spear. What does the Tabar have? Uh, strength plus two, Breaching six up, Duelist Edge one. That's what it is, is the Breaching... Okay, yeah, they they all do have breaching. The they've actually got breaching five up on the other two. Yeah, but, but this that one gives one, you the bonus to plus two strength, plus two strength and breaching. Yes, yeah. which I guess you don't need the strength if you're also getting breaching, but it is also very helpful. I know I took on, on my guys. I took Chernobyl weapons just because I was looking for that. Uh, I didn't want them to fight last in combat, like we would see with the power uh, power axe. But I did want the chance to uh, to breach armor. I mean, I do like the Chernobyl glaive on your sergeant, just so if you go with somebody's... If you hit somebody's uh, Praetor, mm-hmm. you outspeed them in combat, and you just hope for that breaching. Yeah. Because that takes you to initiative six in a challenge. Which is... It's nuts. Top of the top of the top of the class there. It's nuts. If you want that, typically you have to go for a Primark or something. Yeah. So so in that case, it, especially when you're starting to look at like how does this compare to a like if we were to compare this like to a tactical squad or anything like that. Because the spoilers, they'll still get the Chernobyl weapons, they'll still get the power weapons, yes, all that they jazz. They still get those same options. It's just if you're gonna have a fast moving unit like this, it's typically gonna be dedicated to uh, close combat in, in particular right. in, in most legions. Yeah. And unfortunately they don't get weapon skill five, which is huge in combat. Right. So it does, uh, it does kind of hinder them. How are you uh, loading out your, uh, your assault squads? So typically I run these in night Lords when the, when I did actually use them. And with those, I just maxed out on their power axes I gave the sergeant the uh, the chain glaive because mm-hmm. the chain glaive is a really fun weapon. And other than that, I didn't really bother with the combat shields. I didn't bother with any special pistols. Pistols are cool, but it's a great way to get your assault unit return fired. Right. And that's not what you want to happen. But honestly, for the points, it was worth it just to upgrade them to night raptors. Right. Because if you want that fast-moving assault unit... The weapon skill five becomes way better. Their their war gear options get way better because night raptors can all just take lightning claws. And if, and you want to talk a fast moving close combat Pac Man? That's that unit. That's the that's the unit you want. So if you're legion like Loki Tari, Loki Tari are an inherently weapon skill five for ultramarines. They outclass assault squads. And it just kind of seems like they're stuck in this weird in between between a tactical squad and an actual like veteran squad in combat. Yeah, I would I would say guys that if you're looking for what job does your assault squad need to do, you're not do not use your assault squad to attack elite squads of combat. No, if these guys charge into your opponents like legion specific terminators with cool special weapons, you're not going to have a good time. They're not going to have a good time at all. And that's even if you drop a chaplain in there with uh, with a apothecary and just 
sink a whole bunch of points into this unit, they're going to look really good on your opponent's model's bases. Yeah. Uh, I would say that probably the best way and, and the best job for your assault squad to have is going to be back objective grabbers because they have that deep strike and they have that high mobility. And as well, they are excellent backline disruptors for if you're fighting gunline armies. Yes, they're, they're good. They're better at harassment than actually taking out other assault units. Correct. If you were to do an assault squad versus a command squad, if you were going to do it against any elite Terminator squad, any regular Terminator squad, they're going to lose that fight every if, time. If you do want this like elite combat assault squad, you're going to want to take a command squad with uh, jump packs. Definitely. Unless your Legion has like a Night Raptors or just some kind of assault unit. That being said, it's one of those it's one of those tricky units that you want to balance your points on. Yeah, you can easily go ham with points on these guys and then they're just too bloated for what they're trying to do. Right, you're essentially putting a very, very expensive weapon into somebody who will never use it. Yeah, and that that's going to be you, you can you can get lost in the sauce when you're putting points in these guys. You can tack everybody on them that you want. What's going to happen is you're going to find yourself getting last cannon or, or getting. What happens is because you are so mobile and you're so quick, and there's so many things that you're doing that there's a number of ways that people are going to. Respond. Respond with reactions. So off the top of your head, you're looking at you deep strike in. That's an interceptor against you. Oh, yeah. You try and harass a unit by shooting at it. That's a return fire back against you. You try and charge a unit. That's an overwatch against you. Now, normally, if you had the benefit of being a with the main line of the army, you would have the benefit of maybe somebody... Picking a target priority, saying, hey, I would rather not overwatch this squad coming in. Or maybe you could charge somebody in to mitigate that overwatch on your assault squad. But because your assault squad is going to be so much faster and so much further ahead than everybody else, it's uh, it's going to be first out. Now, now, pretty much the best thing you can hope for is to get your points out of them before they go. But... You just keep in mind, do not load these guys down and expect them to live. These these aren't Terminators. These aren't uh, elite squads of uh, of heavy hitters or anything like that. These are going to be a line. unit you should see as expendable. These are just line legionaries. Yeah. So if you're looking at trying to take a 20-man unit of these, I'd say consider trying to find the points to run two 10-man units. Yeah, break up that uh, target. Then your opponent can only overwatch one unit. Yep. So if your opponent has a 20-man Sun Killer unit, instead of everybody eating a LAS cannon, they can just overkill one unit. It won't spill in and, and do any of that. Yeah. Um, we, were, we did want to talk, and one of the things that, that does come up that I always forget, and I run Assault Squads quite frequently in my, my trader list. What's that? Is Hammer of Wrath. I yes. always forget about Hammer of Wrath. Me too. It is, it is not... The best rule, but it is a handful of it's free of free hits that are happening at initiative of ten. Uh, keep in mind that your only the models in base contact get that hammer of wrath. 
So if you have that front line of, let's say, four guys, five guys that are actually in base contact. Or if you just barely make that 10-inch charge. Then only those guys can get their Hammer Wrath in there. Which, I mean, don't... If, if you are playing Assault Squads, I would absolutely drill into your head that you have Hammer Wrath. Do not leave those on the table. Yes. It, it's, it's just free. It's free real estate. And if you and if you go by the the mantra of what we're telling you, don't go charge these into the elite units. Charge these into tactical squads. Charge these into normal space marines. Then these will these hammer of wraths will do they better. Up. They'll add up a lot quicker than uh than uh just rolling up against Terminator squads that bouncing off of them like nothing. Oh yeah, I, I would count these up when I'm resolving my charges. Honestly. Yes. Yes. So I'd make a charge, count out how many models made it into base to base. And I'd set a die there with that number to say, okay, I've got that many Hammer of Wrath. Let me go to my next charge. So that when it comes time, okay, I'm going to look at this combat. I've got a die here with a five. Oh, there's my Hammer of Wrath. So let me get those at initiative 10, free hits, strength of the model going into the unit. Yeah, I would say if possible, model up your sergeant with parachute pants. So that way you can say hammer time every time he charges <laughs> so that you can remind yourself. Especially if you give him a thunder hammer. <laughs> that MC Hammer is declaring <laughs> hammer time against the unit. And you'll remember to... Just a little mnemonic hammer, device for you. Hammer of wrath <laughs> against that unit. Uh, but yeah, I've forgotten it before. It's great. Hammer of wrath is free real estate. Yeah. Especially if you are in a situation where you don't need that extra movement to get the charge, you can get everybody in. That's a lot of attacks, especially because they auto hit. That almost doubles how many attacks they're worth. Yes, because they're just they're auto hits. They're, they're auto hits, and especially when you're hitting on fours, it these yeah. are free. These are free auto hits. All right, now as far as actually playing these units, you can start them on the table, which. I would kind of recommend it's it's a if you start them on the table they have that quick movement you are able to run with them as well there's nothing stopping you from running them um and they they have their 12 inch move they have their run which is going to be their initiative yeah so they're getting 16 inches mostly 16 inch movement you can possibly especially the way that kind of the uh deployment zones have been working the debt, the no man's land is very, very small nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so I would say if there was ever an addition where you could advance and get to other objectives quickly and be a harasser without deep striking, this would be the addition to do it. Oh, for sure. These guys are quick. Do not look at your, uh, look at your, uh, assault Marines and think these guys have to deep strike in because they do not. Right. But I will say, if you are looking at your troops' choices and you're like, I don't need tax squads. I'll just take some assault squads so everybody's getting in on the party. Mm -hmm. If you don't play them right, if you run them into situations they don't need to be in, that's a good way to lose all of your scoring units. Yes, definitely. Because they are quick. So if you run them into the wrong thing, they get there faster. And then you just line your opponent up. Here, assault these guys and then clean them up. And then these guys won't be able to assault you yet. So you'll be able to charge these guys next. And then you'll just send them to them in nice little waves for their elite infantry to kill. I always like to talk about when uh, when you're looking at, when you start a game, it's not always 3,000 points against 3,000 points or 2,000 points versus 2,000 points. 
there's parts of the game where you could be in a situation where it's 3,000 points versus 500 points, 400 points, because that's all, all of their models are in range of 400 points of your army. Yeah. And you never want to see yourself in a situation where your army is being picked off by the rest of their army and you are piecemealing your army into the enemy. Yeah, and that's why the the long range gun lines are kind of the crab things are evolving to. Yeah, because that they have a, such a large threat range that you are guaranteeing that hey, all of my units are going to be able to do something. Right. So so definitely when you are playing assault marines, you got to be very mindful of how fast you're moving up with your entire army. You can be this fast-moving unit and send them straight ahead without any tactics at all and say, that's the unit I want to kill. What's likely going to happen... They die first. They will die first. You will have... They they get the honor of being the first ones to die. Yeah, because you have to realize if there is no other priority to shoot at, there's no other target priority, there's not a land raider at the same range as them, always keep something that's equal or lesser value with your assault Marines up there. Do not send your lone assault Marines up there to go die on their own. Cause they will hundred percent die. I would say that when you're looking at other units in the army, if you did want to shock a shock unit like that, look into some terminators, look into storm shields, things like that. Assault Marines are not going to be that unit for you. Right. They're not survivable enough to let that happen. They don't have the, uh, they don't have the armor safes to make it happen. They're just space Marines. They don't have the toughness. And- it, they, they're a little too many points, I think, to run as a shield for something else. Yes. Because having these guys bubble wrap a rhino, it's a good way to take the heat off of your other units. But I, I just if there were a little bit fewer points, I'd be more likely to do that. Definitely. But 100, 145 for 10 of them, it's more than I want to spend on a unit that's meant to die. Yes. Yeah. So... I would say that when you're looking at including these in your army and you're looking to yourself and thinking to yourself, what are these guys for? Picture them grabbing objectives and hiding. And don't, I know it seems completely counterintuitive, but these guys are for waiting on an objective, hiding, and then leaping and trapping an enemy that unfortunately got too close to the objective. They're gonna. They're only really good when they get that alpha strike in there, because if they get charged, it's game over. It's it's kind of one of those. And usually, if they're getting charged, you're done. It's it's gonna be a unit that charges them as somebody that's actually good at combat. You want to pick who you're good at. I would say that if you see yourself being approached by terminators, or you see yourself uh, getting even if you see any sort of elite unit like uh, terminators, you see somebody like uh, um some crimson paladins or uh huskarls huskarls any any contacar <laughs> tremenar yeah I, I would say your best bet at that point is to move away from let him, them let them chase you let them chase you and 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 kite them to the rest of your army to get shot at cuz your army shooting at them is going to be better than your close combat with your assault marines oh for sure against that anything i would say the the best thing you can do is is immediately identify anything in your opponent's army that's weapon skill five and keep your assault Marines as far away from that as you can. For sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Anything weapon skill five, don't go near it. Don't touch it. That's not, that's not your target. Unless you've got it whittled down to like less than half strength, then maybe if they've got slower weapons, you can get a bunch of attacks in, 
but be very careful doing that. Yeah. That's this a is, good way to lose a scoring unit. This is not an early game play. It is not an early game play. Yeah, they're, they're better at cleanup, and honestly, they're better for that threat range. And, and I know what you guys are saying out there, especially for you you assault squad lovers and all this jazz. You're thinking, well, I'm going to stack them with a chaplain, and then I'm going to throw a apothecary. Uh, apothecary in there. Put or, my Praetor in there for that extra. Yes, you can do all that, but that unit is going to crumple, and then you'll have five characters, and then those wounds are going to hurt. Exactly. And, and really, at that point... I have done the research. I think... I, I don't think there's a lot of units out... There's no, I don't think there's a lot of... Unless you can throw a character in there that just flat pumps their weapon skill. That's it. There's there's like, not. Unless you've got a warlord trade or something that does some real cool stuff for them. Yeah, unless you're Routeron and has a jump pack. And well, you don't have to have a jump pack to go with the unit. But then every time that jump pack, those that squad moves, you've got to leave another guy behind to keep the slower one in coherency. Yeah, no, it's not good. Not good. It's not a good look. And then when you go and get that charge, your character's way in the back and he's going to declare a challenge. Your opponent's going to be like, oh, really? That's what you're doing? You're slingshot him up with the challenge? It's not. It's. And then he did. He just. Uh, uh, body surfs. Body surfs up to the challenge in his Hawaiian shirt. It's dope. <laughs> so. So, yeah, guys, it, it's one of those things. And, and, and we talked about this before the podcast, right? We were trying to figure out, you know, I play Assault Marines, but. It, it, the way that I'm describing how I play assault Marines is how I play assault Marines. I am not charging Praetors. I'm not charging command squads. Definitely not charging dreadnoughts. Uh, de- absolutely not. That's a way to die. Yeah. Now, granted, they get melt bombs. Uh, the sergeant can take a melt. The, the, the sergeant can take a melt bomb. Now that melt bomb is a fun threat. Melt bomb is a fun threat, but do not use that against a dreadnought. No. Because you will not get one, it off. One melt-a-bomb does not kill a Dreadnought. One melt-a-bomb does not kill a Dreadnought. Not in this edition. I, if It should have had instant death, and then it would, you know, oh, hey, here's you know potentially three wounds, but no, that's not what we're doing. So melt-a-bombs do have instant death. Huh? Melt-a-bombs do have instant death. Well, I mean, it's still only D3. It's only D3, yeah. Now, if we compare it to a unit that all gets melt-a-bombs, then that unit's going to do way better. <laughs> but R.I.P. But there's not a lot of assault units that get all melt bombs. Yeah, not anymore. So, so they're not they're not really anti tank. Unless like well, mine are, but most people's aren't. Okay, well, you know, go off. I mean, we'll we'll I'll we'll get, get to that later. We'll we'll talk about specialized legions, but yeah, these guys are the middle fish in the food chain. Yes, these they, guys want to bully, but they can very easily be bullied. Yes, one hundred percent. Hundred percent. I would. I would. The same way that you tr- and I know this is going to sound weird, and I know a lot of you people are going to just like turn our podcast off of this way after this. We're not dissing them. Treat them as a fast tactical squad. I know the models. <laughs> I know they have a bolt pistol and a chainsaw, and you're thinking to yourself, "God, but they're so cool." No, they're 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 not close combat experts, and really, it comes down to their profile. They are just space marines. They're just guys. They're so, not. They're not close combat experts. They get uh, an extra attack, and they get the extra attack with their bolt pistol and chainsword. But that's it. Yeah, that's it's not a. <laughs> yeah, they they go from two attacks on the charge to three attacks on the charge because they've got the extra weapons. Yes, 
So my question is, now that we bring that into, so they're a tactical squad that's just quick. Mm-hmm. So what if, for the same 145 points, I chose to take a despoiler squad with a rhino? Mm, I mean, I think this edition vehicles are so quickly removed from the table that you will quickly have your fast movement available with assault squads. They can't take that away from you. Okay. So that that's my, why I take assault squads over to spoiler squads and rhinos. Gotcha. And also cause rhinos are not assault vehicles, not assault vehicles. So, so if you just want to run it, run and grab an objective and sit on it and spring your trap when people are there. Yes. That's what I do. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I think the despoilers are a little better at just hauling ass for a uh, objective and sitting on it all game because then they get the heart of the Legion. And if you've got other targets that they're definitely taking those last cannons towards that are not rhinos, and then once, once if you're just going to an objective, you don't need the rhino the whole game. Yeah, I could definitely see the value of a spoiler squad in that point by far. Yeah, so those are still, those are, consider those two different uh, roles. Yeah. So we did talk about before the podcast, we did want to say, hey, what are some good consoles yes. to take with your assault squads? Now, although we will say that these are good consoles to take in the squad. Don't get too lost in the sauce. Don't get lost in the sauce. Don't go stacking your assault squads in there. Get all crazy. And there, There is not a console that will make them eat a bigger fish. Correct. Correct. The chaplain is he's going to be the first the first idea that oh, you're going to think about. For sure. If you have a big assault squad, that's a lot of attacks. Hatred the, and stubborn. Hatred. A lot of those attacks become a lot more attacks. Yeah. More hits is just more better. Unfortunately, with with as, re, revel, as prevalent as weapon skill five is right now. Rerolling fives is still not good. It's still not fun. Uh, the, the librarian is a fun choice because then you get to take, uh, turning off the telepathic focus. Yes. So you can turn off reactions will not save you from interceptor. Well, if you decide to deep strike in, if he deep strikes with that unit, he's not on the table when he would turn off interceptor. You are still eating that, but whoever survives, if they're going to charge a last cannon squad, he can just turn off their reaction first. Exactly. Assuming you make your psychic test. If you fail that psychic test, I don't know what to tell you. What's the range on telepathic focus? I think it's like 24 inches. Because that, that's also... A, I'm in the wrong book. My, my concern was, especially with that, was if you did bring your librarian into, a, into an assault squad, right? Yeah. A single enemy unit within 24 inches and line of sight. Okay. If your goal was to turn off reactions, especially for incoming charges or anything like I don't think the librarian has to be fully dedicated to your assault squad to make that happen. No, he just has to be within 24 inches of the, char- of the unit you're trying to get to. So if you wanted a librarian who was able to do that for you regardless, he doesn't necessarily... He's good for the assault squad, but he doesn't have to be with the assault squads. For survivability, it's a good idea, yeah. but... That does more for you than the Telekine Dome that gives you an invul save. Exactly. Because that, especially for charging a last cannon squad, that Overwatch will hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the Apothecary, just the Apothecary non console, the Apothecary. Yeah. 
just an apothecary and detachment. Giving you feel no pain on the unit. Yeah. It's not unheard of. The only thing is you're now dishing more points into a squad that shouldn't be uh, fighting units that should be making you take feel no pains. Right. And so uh, I would keep that in mind on being able to identify what they should. I mean, it's going to be inevitable. You are going to have to fight squads that are going to be a. uh, that you're going to get charged by elite squads. You're going to get deep struck on by elite squads, and you're going to have to inevitably fight them at some point. You're going to get bamboozled. It's going to hit you. You're going to something's going to happen. Having that apothecary in there for that feeling of pain is always a boon. But that's sixty points. I would say that it's 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 tempting to you to think that that squad is more survivable when. Truly, that it's a, most of the guys who die still die. They still die, especially when you look at what people are going to be sending at an assault squad. It's yeah. usually going to be things that are going to insta kill you. If you're going to get shot at, more than likely it's going to be long range last cannons. It's going to be uh, uh, the melted guns on the contemptor charging you. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that that feel no pain will not be used against. And so if you factor in all of those feel no pains, which will never come in handy, and then you also factor in that <laughs> uh, that you shouldn't be using that, you shouldn't be charging units that would give you make you have that feel no pain or you let you use that feel no pain. There's a lot of... I know what you're thinking. I, I get to swing before the Thunderhammer Terminators. I'll be okay. No, you're not. No, there's two up save is still going to be there. Four up and vulnerable save is still going to be their multi-wound. Don't even think about it. They're going to gunch that unit. Unless there's only three or like two or three Terminators left, maybe consider it. But even then, it's be prepared for them like having something up their sleeve and then you just lose your assault squad. Right. Now, can you throw Artificer Armor on on an Apothecary? Yes. Yes. So, so your sergeant can have artificer armor. Your apothecary can have artificer armor. That's two two pluses. You can kind of bounce that around and have fun with this. This. Does, this does not mean you get to tank AP three wounds on your apothecary. That's a good way to lose your feel no pain. <laughs> That's a quick way to lose your feel no pain. Unless it's AP three stuff that you are not getting feel no pain against anyway. Yeah. Which anything that high strength is typically going to be AP two anyway. Right. But yeah. if if you made the decision, hey. I'm not going to get feel no pain for the rest of the game because I'm staring down some contemptors. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I would say guys, I don't think an apothecary in my opinion is not an auto take for the assault squad. And I know that's completely opposite of what you've heard. Yeah. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. But if you factor in, because a lot of people are going to play this assault squad, they're going to play them front and center. They're going to be moving them really quickly. They're going to be moving them forward. And with the way that Horus Heresy is built up now, and you you think about what you're saying, that now you are fighting 3,000 points versus your 200 points that has gone forward on their own, you have to factor in that everything's going to get a free shot at you. All the last cannons are going to get free shots at you. All of the, uh, and that's the last cannons on vehicle. That's the Gravis last cannons. That's your rhinos multi multi melta. Everything's going to get that shot on you. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to find out really quick that that apothecary could do nothing with his feel no pain for those hits. Just remember, feel no pain cannot be taken on anything that will insta kill you. Right. So 
And, and if you're relying on those combat shields that you spent way too many points on for your model, two points a model, six up <laughs> is really difficult to roll. The odds are not really in your bad. favor. Unless you've got some thousand sun shenanigans pumping it to a five up, maybe, but even then, five up. Ask Tartarus Terminator. Like, who's taking Tartarus Terminators? How many times have you seen Tartarus Terminators on the table? You don't see them. No, because four up is way better than five up. Four up is way better than five up. And they're multi-wound. I mean, it's just, it's it, there's so much going on there. Um, I'm just saying that even if you pump that six up to a five up, it's not going to be great. It's not good. It's not a good time. It Insta-death is so far out there. Now, I'm not saying that apothecaries are useless. I do think there's a there's a uh, there's a place for apothecaries against small arm fire and everything like that, but if you are going to be a if you're going to be a front of the line moving out there by yourself getting attacked, then cover will do more for you than the apothecary will. And if if you're taking advantage of cover, which you should be, then you don't need the apothecary. Exactly. So leave the apothecary at home. It's a hot take. I know people are not going to be happy <laughs> with that, but leave it home. Don't spend the extra points on that feel no pain. It's not really worth it. Yeah, so if your opponent sees they don't have an apothecary, that makes them a more appealing target. And then this unit becomes the little red UFO from uh, Space Invaders. Yes, hit it, fire it, shoot at it. And now the rest of your army can advance up and do what it needs to. Yeah, so if you're going to play them like that, you don't want to sink too many points into them. You want to sink just enough to make them, like, juicy. Mm Mm-hmm. You want it to be just good enough that your opponent can't ignore them. And then, oh, they don't have an apothecary, so I can just shoot my bolters at them? Like, then you're trying to do the old bait and switch. Yeah. You're, trying to do, you're trying to play a cup game. Now, if you're talking about the 1999 Chevy Silverado that you went to AutoZone and bolted everything on, Assault Squad unit, where you take your apothecary with a... With its feel no pain, two plus artificer armor. You got a thunder hammer tech marine. You got a thunder hammer tech marine in there with a jump pack and his two plus artificer armor. You got his. You got your chaplain and he, in there, and he's got a combi melta. And he's got a, a combi melta. <laughs> Everybody's got you know plasma pistols, and they all got Chernobyl weapons. Why do you have plasma pistols? And so you just got this <laughs> super squad, right? That squad, the world's it, most expensive assault marine squad. It, it's just it. What is the job of that squad, right? You're spending so many points of bolt-ons keep this unit alive, right? You're bolting on to keep this unit alive. By the time that unit deep strikes in and makes a charge, you've lost half the unit to reaction fire. And for the same general cost that you could have had a... Two or three of these things. Much better assault squad, more assault squads, or even a unit that is dedicated to combat. We're well, looking at your assault terminators, you're looking at command uh, squads. Uh, any any elite uh elite fighting squad that your legion has right would be better in these cases than that. So like dark furies, things like that. Exactly, exactly. Which if you're playing a legion that doesn't have access to an elite assault squad unit, like I said, command squads are overlooked opinion, overlooked in my opinion. Yeah, and they can take everything an assault squad can, and they can all have they artificer wounds, armor. They're all artificer armor. They're dope. Web skill five. If you're sticking your praetor in there anyway, like if you've already got your uh, your compulsory troops taken care of, you've got enough that your objectives are handled. You're just looking for a unit to go out and handle some stuff. Right. This is those are them. Then look into your command squad. Look into a jump pack command squad. Which I, 
a lot of people will tell me they're overcosted, but then they do become this big fish. Like, I I think I think the motto for Assault Squad should be, "You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> You're not that guy. You're not that guy." It's a uh, now. Granted, everybody. I, I have run them like I like it was last edition where I was where they just a twenty man assault squad unit with apothecary and chaplain and power weapon upgrades. They don't do that anymore. They're not that guy. Weapon skill five is now like they used to not care. Oh, your weapon skill five, whatever. I still hit you on fours. Yeah, here's a bajillion attacks. It's not that it, it's not last no. edition. Hitting on fives, rerolling fives is not good. It's completely different than just hitting. I would on fours. rather hit on fours. Who everybody would. Mathematically, you'd rather hit on fours. Yeah. So fours is better than rerolling fives. So that being said, guys, I know that we're kind of downing on the assault squad right now. We're just trying to manage expectations. We're trying to guide you into how to appropriately use your assault squads, especially if you've used an assault squad with the Horace Heresy 1.0 mentality and trying to go in there and think that these guys are going to be your 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 heavy hitters you know these they they really should they, they, they can, should change the name from assault squads to fast tactical squads is what they should <laughs> because assault squad is going to it's going to it's a misnomer for what they can do like everybody can assault <laughs> but these guys should not be assaulting these guys are should be fast tactical movers is what they what they really are yeah these are your fast movers and and, and guys once again I want to reiterate, I use assault squads. I have three assault squads in my Trader Strike Force. And I, I, the last game that I played with them, I did not assault anybody with them. I'm I strictly you. used them to capture objectives and be harasser with objectives. That's all I did with them. Now, I know that's not going to be the game everybody wants to play. That's not the game that people look for. People aren't looking for. Man, we didn't we didn't have a single close combat with each other or anything like that. So at the end of the day, victory points are what you're going for. You're trying to play the mission. Right. Killing each other and tabling each other is not how you play the mission. And so... When you build your list, keep mobility in in your mind at all times because you are looking to capture objectives, maintain objectives, be more mobile than your opponent is, and assault squads are where that's at. Yeah. And, and it always blows your opponent's mind when he brings somebody up to you as, <laughs> as a challenge. And you just leave. And you just go. You just get out of there. It's, it's a really good way to kind of bait their elite assault infantry into a certain area mm-hmm. like hey you want to come and show how much better you are than the assault squad okay cool now that i got you out of your cover now my big guns are going to start taking shots at you or yeah. now that i got you kind of over here away from everything else you can't actually catch me so i'm just gonna leave yeah you have to keep that in mind that they're, they're way better as a threat than they are in practice a hundred percent guys and i always think about did you ever play starcraft 2 no Okay, well, StarCraft... I know I keep comparing 40K Space Marine stuff to StarCraft stuff. I don't actually know anything about StarCraft. So in StarCraft 2, there was a unit called Reavers. Okay. Okay. Now, Reavers, it was a very small squad, and if you played them right, you would come in, harass, and then leave before the actual enemy got there. Yeah, they're just bullies. Because what they could do is they could jump on higher elevation and move around and then come back and fire. And you could if, if you had like these special Korean players who were extremely good at playing these guys, 
because they could move them around while also like hitting their hotkeys to manage their their. Uh, oh yeah, just micromanage the simulator. So what they would do is they you, they would use these squads and they would move them around to kill uh, SCVs and all that jazz. And then when the uh, when the the something would show up to actually the Zerg them. would come up that could actually hurt them. They would leave come back on the other side, kill, 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 move around, come back, kill, kill. It would, they would always stay outside of range for actual good assault squads. And just use them to kite them around the board. That's all they would do. And that is what assault squads are now. Yeah. Is they are... So they, if you're elite Legion-specific Terminator to spend the whole game chasing down an assault squad that they can't catch, they're not killing your other scoring units. Correct. Now... They're, they're not wiping your Praetor. Now, I would say, guys, tactical squads... If you get your hand on a support squad, anything like that 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 is 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 those not really, I guess uh, a close combat effective units. So you wouldn't think they're good shooting units. And generally, what you'll see is you shouldn't see those that far up on the board with you. No. Generally, what you'll see is those but, should those will be in their deployment zone. If you bait your opponent's Overwatch somewhere else, and these guys can charge that support squad, go kill it. Oh, you'll kill it. Hundred yeah. percent. Like I said, yeah. they're the medium fish. They they want to punch down. They have to punch down. They have to because they cannot punch up. They are <laughs> no, they, not, they cannot punch up. So if if you find yourself with an opportunity where you see a a that, unit has been dwindled down, a character's by himself, anything, yeah, then that, you can jump in and that is gonna be where the experienced player uses these. Yes. They they are a threat until they can actually start bullying something. Yeah, and that, that's exactly how I used them in my last game was I had them in cover. I had them on the objective. And essentially, and granted, for me, I play Blood Angels, so I run Inferno Pistols with them because that is my uh, anti-tank if tanks get to... I want yeah. juicy tank targets. And so the squad can replace their plasma pistols with the Inferno Pistols? you damn right they can. Okay, so the plasma pistol is a stupid upgrade. Unless you can upgrade it to that Inferno pistol. Absolutely. So so that's what I use them for. And so so I play them the same way. I know that these guys... And I was fighting Salamanders, right? Yeah. I don't want to jump out. I don't want to go fight some Fire Drakes. I'll die. Yeah. You'll, I, you will do nothing to them, and then they will just hammer you into the ground. I don't want to fight Pyroclast. They will die. <laughs> like there's, they're dead. There's, there's That wall of death, they're not surviving. Oh, that's just for, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not surviving any of that, right? So I had... Essentially, my game, I had three objectives capped. And I'm, I am tiptoeing on the objectives, and I'm hiding in terrain. And are you deep striking these in that? I was Day of Revelation, so I had okay, to. Okay, which is not the same as regular deep striking. Right, it's a little bit better. I will say, if you're planning on running a bunch of these, and you're planning on deep striking them, have a plan for when you get a disorganized deep strike. I played a game with my Night Lords, where I just ran everything deep striking... I hit that one. It killed my game. Yes. It just, like, like so there was a Daredevil on the board, so everything that was coming on the table was getting shot off the table. So I'm like, okay, I need this deep strike to happen. I get a one. I may as well have scooped right there. The game was, there was no coming back from that for me. I would say that if I wasn't playing Day of Revelation, because the way in this edition... It's so punishing. All of the... Deployment zones are set up this edition. Everybody's a lot closer because the table size has shrunk a little bit and everything like that. It's just, yeah. Everything's closer now. 
I don't see very much value for assault squads to deep strike. Yeah, by turn two, you're going to be able to be kind of where you wanted to deep strike anyway. Exactly. Unless you're just completely coming in behind your opponent. But even then, there's more the, consistent ways to do that. They will die. They, if you are in your enemy's deployment zone, you will die. That's just it. It's 3,000 points versus 200 points. You're going to die. There's just not survival. No matter what level of apothecary, chaplain, <laughs> librarian, uh, tech marine that you have loaded up in that unit, they will die if they deep strike in the enemy's deployment zone. I know you're thinking, well, one time I did it. Don't do it. Just don't <laughs> plan on that. Don't plan that's, on. That's not your, that's not your gambit. That's not your. That's not, that's not what the, they're good at. They're not the cavalry. Yeah. So, 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 and, and hopefully. I just wanted to address that deep strike mishap that. Uh, it's that bad. It's bad. There's, if you're, if all your eggs are in that deep strike basket and you roll a one, you're done. You're just done. Your opponent gets to put all your stuff and you're done. 24 inches is big. Yeah. Especially because they're going to put it 24 inches closer to them is all they're going to do. Or in the back corner. Yeah. I think the good news is you can always get out of a back corner situation. <laughs> Not if they're deep striking with Terminators. The Terminators are the ones going in the back corner. Oh, yeah. Terminators in the back corner, bad time. Yeah. Assault squads, they can work their way out of they're, that situation. They're, they're in timeout for a turn. Yeah. But I would say to look at the table. I, like, I would say that if you're playing a game with assault squads. They're better off starting on the table identify an objective that is within a 17, 19 inch range of you, hopefully within cover, go grab it immediately. Grab it out the gate. That's your objective. Now that's what they're there for. Land on it, stay on it, do your thing. If anything comes near it, snaps like a, like one of those, uh, fish with a little bobber on its head, uh, yeah, the angler fish, angler fish, go get them. But otherwise stay there. It's a, it's a completely different way. They, they, the, the smart way to play assault squads is not to kill enemies with them, but instead to use them for mobility, high mobility, and baiting people into situations they don't want to be in. Just call them the jump janitors. The jump janitors. They're there to, they can clean up a unit if that unit's already like a mess. And they can, they can handle an objective. Anything outside that is above their pay grade. Above their pay grade. And I know, and we're going to get, this is exactly why we wanted to open this conversation with a part two. There's stuff we're missing. Hey, did you know so-and-so's unique character warlord trait makes them super dope? Let us know. Let us know. Cool. If if that makes them a different unit, then they're a different unit. But our, uh, like my experience, your experience. But but my blood angels ones get plus one to wounds. That'll offset the minus one to hit when they're charging weapons. No, it won't. No, it won't. Plus one to wound is great when you have more hits. I yeah. use I use thirty assault marines, <laughs> and they are so. I am not banking. My command squad will get me out of some stuff. Oh yeah, but my assault squad is not getting me out of out of situations or binds. They are there to farm objective points for me, and I tell you the face that your opponent gives you <laughs> when you leave, and they're like, "What?" Because because the death of assault squads is pride. <laughs> assault squads die to pride. I don't have pride. I don't have hubris. Like when you try, when you come out with me, you've got your your champion with his chest all puffed out. Fight me. You move up within seven inches of me. Yeah, I'm just gonna fall back. I I <laughs> I should know. I don't want to. <laughs> no. I Christopher walking it. No, out. man. 
Shit, no, man. I do believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that. I bounce. I bounce quick. It's like, what? I, I, I leave any console, any command squad, Terminator squads, I blue ball them. I will abandon an objective so quick because I want dudes alive because dead dudes don't mean nothing. Dead dudes have no objective. Like, I don't care if that objective is worth five points. I'm out. I'll send somebody better in there to go fight you. I'm not... I'm not trying to fight up. I'm not trying to go to some glorious death like a space marine. I'm playing I'm, it smart. I'm not Rocky. <laughs> I, I can just imagine some some assault marine commander like, sir, we got a squad of assault marines incoming. Incoming. Get out of there. What are you doing? He's going to kill you. It's like, so, like a command squad. What are you doing there? We'll send somebody in there that can actually do something. Get out of there, Chet. <laughs> Guys, we got to go. We can't do nothing to them. So keep that in mind, guys. It's just one of those things. We want to share that with you. Granted, if you have, if you have, uh, if you have other ideas about that, feel free to write in, feel free to call in, feel free to hit us up on the discord. Let us know your true thoughts. I'll actually, I will make a, uh, a channel specifically for discussions from the podcast specifically for this assault Marines talk. Yeah. So you guys can come tear us up in there. But I would say that I probably with my assault squads, I probably have like probably five to six games with them in. And I think I have a good handle on what they're good at and what they're not good at. And, and that, that's fighting ultramarines, that's fighting salamanders, that's fighting iron warriors. There's, and I would say that if you already know about our talk about the crab meta starting to move more towards last cannon, starting to move towards more gunline armies, Dardeos. assault squads don't stand a chance against gunline. They, no. they truly, even if it's a, a deep striking the, in and praying amount, to God for that charge. The amount just, of resources you have to put into that assault squad to charge that last cannon squad, you could just get something better to deal with it. Yeah, you just get another last cannon squad to shoot that. I'm just playing. Don't do that. <laughs> Go cap objectives. Cap objectives because your opponent's too busy in their own their own deployment zone to do anything. Beat them the old fashioned way. Go 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 steal or, the heart. or put your primark with them and tank shots with your primark. <laughs> your opponent never sees it coming. <laughs> Take two primarks in there. <laughs> what do you What do you mean you're taking all your saves on curves? Well, we're going for the best. I said. Curs is face taking last cannons. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, legions that do it better. Uh, we already talked blood angels. So my yeah, that's that. blood angels. Assault marines are really good at bullying. Uh, and that's strictly because they can take inferno pistols. They have such high mobility that they can jump into the three inch range needed to to use the melter range of your inferno pistols, which is gross, guys. I mean. <laughs> If you were to take a disgusting, if if you got really a holeish about it and you decided to take that apothecary tech marine, which I do, and I know I told y'all not to do it, but for me, <laughs> it's it's five inferno <laughs> pistols a unit. <laughs> That's I use I use my assault squads for harassing both tanks. And I, I'm a midfield assault squad user, so I stay midfield. When your tanks finally get to me, I jump out inferno pistol and then jump back and then uh, make you walk back up to me. And so that's hey, nothing bullies a unit like blowing up their rhino and then charging them. Yeah, it's pretty bully, but uh, that's essentially how I rock. And and I'll be honest, guys, when I say I bully with them, I take advantage of 
I will jump forward. If you have a land raider, you're coming up on me. I will jump forward. I will inferno pistol your land raider. Five inferno pistols. You're not living through it. That's just the bottom line. That's just math. That's just math guys. And what I will do is as soon as your turn happens and you move anywhere near my assault squad, we're gone. I'm reacting. I'm getting out of there. I've got two movement reactions. I'm gone. That's just, that's it. I'm not sticking around for you. Um, I have no, because whatever you have in that land raider is definitely going to be much better than my assault squad. So, so I'm gone. Um, that's the only way that I've seen my assault squads do good is punching with their inferno pistols. It would be way better if you could take a support squad and give them jump packs. It would be much, much better, but I can't. So what I do is I go and precision kill units with a bunch of inferno pistol shots and then whenever they start to decide to move again i get out of there and i bounce that's how i run them i don't i do not get them in combat i don't use them in combat i solely i i hate using them in combat when they do get in combat i do take the chernobyl uh uh tabars or the yeah i believe that's a tabars the plus two strength plus two strength i try my hardest but truly i'm trying not to ever have to use those things that's why I don't. That's why I pay the Charnable sabers or or tabars are cheaper than the power weapons. Yeah, I. That's why I. I, are they? I, I believe so. I believe they're a little bit cheaper. You might want to double check me on that one. I didn't want to invest a whole bunch in their close I combat. Mean, I know they're at least the same points. Yeah, they're both five points. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Either way, I'm not trying to invest. I don't even think my sergeant in my list has anything special on him. I don't even think I took a power fist on him. I'm trying to keep that. I'm not trying yeah, to you're trying to lower that overhead, yes. so that when your opponent does kill them, because they're going to kill them if they get in contact with them, you're not losing out on a whole bunch of points. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah. So, uh, that's Blood Angels. Oh, I did it because I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to take power axes because they're too slow. I didn't want to. Uh, What's up? I didn't want. The, the, I, I remember now why I did this. I didn't take power axes because I didn't want to put in my mind that I could fight uh, two plus armor save units. Okay, that's a really good point. Uh, and that that was uh, to make myself not do that. It's like, I can't fight two up save. Keep that away from that command squad. Keep that away from that Terminator squad. Keep that away from that anything ultramarine. So, <laughs> I can't fight Lakutari. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Those so. guys hit me on what? Twos? <laughs> Yeah, not good, not good. So, uh, so yeah, my Blood Angels, I play them completely different, but at the same time, I'm playing them to shoot. I'm not playing them to fight. Okay. Even though they can fight with their bonuses and all that jazz in that realm, they're not fighting elite units or anything like that, right. which we've discussed plenty. So that's your, your Blood Angels. I run Space Wolves and Night Lords. Space Wolves, they get a lot more interesting because they can run and charge. So okay. that... 12-inch movement, 4-inch run, a 16-inch, effectively just a 16-inch movement because they can still charge. Mm-hmm. That threat bubble is huge. And then they get the 2 to the two inches to their charge as well? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a massive radius your opponent has to like minimum eight, Minimum 20 because you're going to roll double one snake eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty massive. Yeah, but even then, that does not make them better in combat. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just that's just that much faster they can die. Yeah, but if you're just using that threat bubble to try to like funnel threats, then that's a bigger bubble. Yep. 
Uh, Night Lords become more interesting because you can throw fear on the sergeant, and then they deep strike in, and you're you're just trying to pin more stuff. Now, using, and, and that's another interesting one. I'm, because I'm using them basically as a Death Storm drop pod. They drop in, try to pin stuff. Yeah, you're, you're basically not using your guns or your assault as a weapon for the assault squad. You are weaponizing fear. Yes, just the pinning from deep strike is what I'm trying to weaponize. With yeah, that. it's very good. Especially when... And then having random fear bubbles everywhere is even better. Yeah. Now, that fear bubble is going to be gone if I don't pin a bunch of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Especially with terror assault, but most things are going to have nuncio boxes. If your opponent's loading up on a, uh, a heavy weapons team, they're throwing all the bells and whistles with it. Uh, let's see. Emperor's Children get plus one to their initiative on the first round. That just makes them better at bullying. That doesn't... That, that, that's not going to help you against Terminators. They're not any better at combat. Uh, World Eaters Chain Axes. Cool. Just makes them better at bullying. Doesn't, doesn't make them able to take out Terminators. Not at all. The Sons of Horus. Minus one strength against them. That's cool. But a Thunder Hammer still kills you the same. Even if it doesn't instant death you. Because these guys are only one wound. That's uh, a... trying to think of anybody else. I mean, you definitely... I think you can take hand flamers, can't you? One in five can take hand flamers if you want to put them on your death guard with the the poison flamers. Salamanders get a little bit bonus. They bump up to strength four. I mean... If you're shooting with your assault squad, you're opening yourself up for return fire. And return fire is going to be much worse than... Than your, uh, <laughs> then what you did to them. If your opponent sees this as a threat, they will respond to it like a threat. And if you let them return fire you, they will. Yes. Which you don't want. No, no, you do not. But yeah, like all the legions I see, like there's cool stuff you can stack on them. I don't see anything barring some of the crazier warlord traits that makes them a bigger threat against bigger fish. No. I don't either. Not right now, anyway. I don't know if later on we're going to see some additional consoles or we're going to see some... I'd some like to see a right of war around this that gives them Heart of the Legion. I would like to see a console that gives them plus one weapon skill or like a mentorship kind of thing where like, th- there's certain things out there now that if they... Um, if we could see a rule where if they... Like if we had some assault squad inductee, right? That if they kill a unit or if they do something, they get plus one weapon skill or something like that for the rest of the battle or something. That'd be rad. That'd be rad. But right now, do not use assault squads for assaulting. Yeah, they are not elite assault. They are tactical assault. Tactical assault squads. You don't send your tactical squad to shoot up a better shooting squad. Yeah, you're not putting your tactical squad against a tactical support squad. (laughs) You will die. Yeah. But, you know... it kind of sucks. I'd like to see a veteran squad with jump packs, just like vanilla. So you don't like, have to waste your uh, your Master of the Legion for like, a jump command squad. Like an old old 40K. And even it's a new 40K too, but Vanguard veterans. Exactly. If we had Vanguard veterans, Horus Heresy style. That, yeah, that I think is what people would lean more towards. Trading up your, trading away line for weapon skill five and actual good, like, some real meat and potatoes options. Money. We're talking weapon skill five, two wounds. We Not even necessarily artifice arm. We don't no, need cause, it. Because then you're in a command squad. Yeah, exactly. And then they do get lined because they've got the banner. Money. 
So. Yeah, just the way the way a lot of people from who played a lot last edition are trying to use them. It seems like they'd be better off with an assault command squad. And, and keep in mind, guys, the actual the absolute core of that is going to be weapon skill four versus five used to be hit on force. Right. That is now that's the main like that, that's where things aren't clicking. That's where the game changed was now you hit on fives if it's above you. And that is such a mathematical game changer. And yes. unfortunately, the points did not adjust for that. I, I think they really overvalue the jump pack in points. Yes. So, so the, you're trading away two, two decent abilities. Spite of the Legion is a little more situational. I think it'd be more likely to happen on an assault squad. So they deep strike in. Maybe they pin the unit next to them and they charge that and get Spite of the Legion mm-hmm. for extra attacks. I think so. Uh, it's, I don't know. I think they're really overvaluing deep strike in a situation where deep strike is a good way to lose a unit. A hundred percent. It's a very costly endeavor. How much you have to load up into that deep strike to not have to worry as much about the interceptor opens you up to a disorganized deep strike. And now the game is just ruined. And you find yourself you just overextended. You relied too much on not getting a one and then you get a one or your opponent has a master of signal or something happens where it's just if if that if you rely on that one in six games is going to be bad. Correct. No, no, I feel that, and, and this is one of the reasons why I had it happen to me, <laughs> and I'm trying to tell you so it doesn't happen to you. If you put all your eggs in that basket, it's going to fall over at some point. Exactly. And so, so you've heard us discuss previously, and, and this is kind of gives credence to that we see. A lot of things right now moving towards the crab meta of the gun line. And so you're going to see a lot less assault squads because people who take assault squads are probably getting burned by assault squads. I, I have a feeling once we release this podcast and we, 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 you know, we've put our ideas out there, we've, we've put our, uh, our two cents in there on how we've played them. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that are going to reach out and agree and say, I ran a, I dumped assault squads because yeah, they, I've seen it too. A lot of people I've seen a lot of like people who play blood, blood angels. They're gone now. They're gone. They're like, man, look what they did to my boys. Look what they did to my boys. Yeah. But uh, I will say that they're not unplayable. No, absolutely. You just need to understand how to play them. And that's their, their what role, we discussed. Their role has shifted drastically. Yeah. And that's, that's been a huge point of contention with them is, well, they're not good at what they're supposed to be good at. What what the hell am I supposed to do with them? Yeah. Not unplayable. Use them as a tactical assault squad, not a you combat gotta, assault squad. You got to play chess with them. You got to play chess with them, guys. So, I think that was great. I think that was a exactly what we needed to get across, especially for new players. Because if you go out and you buy all these jump packs and all this stuff, and then you build all these models, then you go and try and, like, I can't wait to eat you because i've heard new players i'm gonna take these assault squads i'm gonna just get them in My there dudes are gonna run up and chainsaw your dudes oh no unfortunately baby boy that's not Ooh. let me hold you for a little bit don't so do it's, that it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay we'll get through this together so hopefully this helps you guys once again this is part one of the discussion we want part two for the community side i will open something up in the discord a special group for this discussion we'll bring out the best points and everything like that we'll bring it out and then also, if for whatever reason you uh, don't feel like uh, uh, you want to join the Discord, maybe you don't have Discord, you don't want to bring in a Discord, uh, feel free to 
uh, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up, send us a message, anything like those lines. And then if you want to uh, call in as well. Yeah, 361-265-8658. We have a number of ways that you can voice your opinions to us. Um, bring it in, guys. Bring it in. We are, we are all ears open. We're open for it. We're ready so. to receive it. All right. But I think that's a good enough episode. I think we're two hours and yeah. 20 minutes in. It's a healthy chunk. I had fun. It's content. Uh, once again, guys, uh, we do have a Patreon that we do use to fund all of our uh, community members. Uh, we do fund our painting competitions with our Patreon. And our cooler endeavors. Our cooler endeavors. Uh, that being said, thank you, Powerful Duncan, Powerful Matthew, Powerful Spencer, Powerful Chris, Powerful May, Powerful Josh, Powerful Thomas, Powerful Other Duncan, Duncan K, <laughs> Powerful Scarab, and Powerful Gabriel. Thank you guys for being in the Patreon. Thank you so uh, much. We, we, we definitely are, are uh, appreciative of you. <laughs> Just enabling us to do cool stuff for the community. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. And uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts for the part two episode. Hell yeah. <laughs>